If you've been listening to my show for a while now, you know that this is an NPR. <laughs> We're far fucking from it. Uh, I try to do a show that uh, brings people on that you don't normally hear from, or if it's someone that you do know, I like to bring people on when they're not promoting something. Let's actually get into what's really going on and real talk. Um, and uh, today, I just want to let you know that uh, you're in for it. Today is, uh, I think you're going to hear the F-bomb more than any other show <laughs> that I've done. Uh, and I've been excited to chat with my guests today because I we're both kind of, like, it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that the two of us would be barbecuing and drinking beers and fucking talking shit. And uh, that's why I wanted to get today's guest on. Um, and also, it's one of my favorite kind of shows to do. And I love in the process. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about barbecue. But we're going to go deeper into the life of a food influencer and what it takes to create content that gets thousands and hundreds of thousands of views. It's not as easy as you think. Uh, and I... The more that I talk to a lot of these influencers, the more I realize how difficult it is to do all this stuff. How much work and effort goes into not only knowing how to cook great things and knowing great recipes and knowing how to plate food, but then they also have to become filmmakers and they have to start to understand lighting and they have to start to understand editing. Uh, it's pretty crazy. And it's funny, whenever I get folks like this on the show, I start to talk about food and then it starts to roll into like, this is how I'm shooting and this is the kind of lights I'm using and this is the type of gear I'm using and this is my post-production process. Because uh, it is a process to do this stuff. Um, so I'm excited today. I've got Gary the Barbecue Chef on. Gary Marandola joins us on today's podcast. Uh, he is an East Coaster. He is uh, from Rhode Island which is the uh, sister to uh, Boston. He's <laughs> probably pissed that I said that, but yeah. And uh, Gary's known for uh, having a big mouth, really. He's known for having a big mouth. He speaks with like an intense Boston accent and he cooks some crazy food. Um, and you can catch him on TikTok. You can catch him on Facebook. You can catch him on Instagram. Although this morning when I went to just verify that we were ready to rock, because I talked to a lot of folks through Instagram, his account was down this morning. Um, and so we'll ask him why. I, I Actually, I've already done the interview, but let me not play coy here. Um, I don't know if it, we talked about it on air, but I think his account was pulled down for something. I don't know. Um, but uh, Gary's the shit. I really enjoyed talking to him. We go into detail on like the type of foods that he does, the type of foods that register with people that are TikTokers. And so like if you're tuning into this podcast to sort of get some insight on how to make your TikTok account uh, more popular and more successful, all right, you might learn some shit today. Um, we also talk in detail about sponsorships, about how folks that have very successful social media campaigns make their money. Um, we talk about sort of interacting with sponsors. We talk about um, what uh, to look out for when you're doing this sort of stuff, how to actually charge for your time. All that stuff is in here. Uh, he was also on a uh, fucking like reality, real deal cooking show, um, Next Level Chef. He was a contestant on. So we talk about what that's like to actually be on one of these sort of highly competitive, very produced cooking shows. Uh, and he gives us insight into what it was like to work on Next Level Chef. 
during COVID, which is cool. Lots of great stories there. And uh, we just go crazy, man. We the, This is a great interview. It's a longer interview. We actually recorded until he lost power. <laughs> I was do, in the middle of doing a love sandwich segment with him, and then apparently a storm rolled in and uh, he lost power. So hopefully I'll get him back to do the love sandwich because it started really fucking good. Um, but anyway, before we get into the show, Thanks, everybody, for following me on Instagram. I'm Mike Petchy. You're following the podcast at A Love of the Process Pod on Instagram. There, I've been posting all sorts of new updates. Uh, by the time this show comes out, so I'm, I'm, I told you guys before, I'm pre-recording all these shows before I end up going on a break, on a vacation. I'm going to be going to a bachelor party, and then uh, I'm going finally headed back to the East Coast. I haven't been to the East Coast in like four years or whatever. Uh, so I'm excited, going to go hang out with my brother. I'll probably be on a beach. Uh, it's my hope that while I'm there on Thursdays, I'll try to pick up my phone and uh, give you guys an update and let you know what's going on. Um, but uh, I have high hopes for it. I'm excited. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, lots of crazy stuff happening here. Gina's got a couple new productions that are about to swing, which is super cool. And she's about to jump into that. Today, she's actually out shooting. She's doing a magazine cover, which I'm sure all this will be released before this episode gets dropped. But today she's shooting a magazine cover. She's out there with both of our Fujifilm cameras and going to make some magic. Um, So I can't wait to see what she pulls in. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm just going to be fucking busy until the first week of September. So I've stacked a bunch of episodes this week. I hope you guys enjoy the content, all the hard work I do before I go on vacation. Um, but anyway, I'll catch up with you guys at the back end of the episode. I don't want to hold this out any longer. This is a fun, long interview. Uh, so strap yourselves in. Come on in. By the way, this is In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. Wow, I didn't do that at the beginning. It's the first time. Um, come on in. Grab a beer. Have a seat. We're about to get crazy. We're about to talk barbecue. We're about to fucking swear a lot. (laughs) I love these shows. Um, So you know the deal. If you got those noise-canceling headphones on, crank them up to 11. Get ready for the brand new episode, the brand new cooking episode, the brand new influencer episode of In Love With The Process. We're about to enter the simulation.
the fuck made you go to LA? Dude, what do you think? <laughs> I, like directing work films. <laughs> so all that shit. <clears throat> you know, Ugh, I get gross. I get paid twice the amount. I get paid twice the amount just because my address has changed. So yeah, it was it was a movement. Well, yeah, the other thing too is your living situation is also twice the fucking amount. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Although Boston sucked balls. <laughs> like they got to a point where it just became so yuppified. Um and oh my god, it really is. Yeah, dude. And they hit this point where like Literally, the house that my grandmother was born in hadn't been updated since then, and they were putting it on the market for rent for like $3,500 a month. And I was like- Oh, you could suck my whole dick for that. Yeah, dude. They hit this point where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hold on. And Gary, how the fuck are you, buddy? What's happening? Oh man, it's been a day. It's been a <laughs> it's been a day. You said that off air too. What happened today? What's going on? Ah, I forgot it was fucking VJ day, and I went to go to the town hall and do a bunch of shit. And yeah, that didn't work because <laughs> I just I just gutted my basement doing a bunch of shit down there, and I have a ton of friggin' old furniture and a bunch of other shit to throw out. We live in one of those neighborhoods. You probably know out in LA, yeah, where you only have one designated trash barrel, one designated oh. recycle, oh. and uh, last time I checked, a fucking coffee table don't fit in that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. When we moved out here, it was weird too, because you know, as everybody knows that listens to the show, we just talked about it. I'm from Boston, from the East Coast, a little bit different. When we moved out here, we had a bunch of trash, you know, like because you get like moving materials and shit. And yes, you get that one fucking trash barrel that you could barely fit the just the trash that you use all week into. And so I was like, where the fuck do I get rid of this shit out here? Where are the landfills? It blew my mind that the landfills were up higher. So like you literally drive up the side of a mountain out here and you drop your trash at the highest point. I was like, what the Do you know why? Why? Scent travels up. Oh. Not down. Oh. Maybe that is it. It's wild. It, it is. It is. A, think about it. When you when you smell a dish, you don't smell from the side of it. You smell from the top of it. <laughs> so they wanted to put the. Up. So they want to put the trash dish up above our noses. Is essentially what you're saying. Yeah. So I live near a sewage treatment plant, and they have a pipe that where all the exhaust goes out, and it's like probably two hundred fucking feet tall. <laughs> That way, all the shit air is above everything else. You don't really smell it that often. Every once in a while, especially in the winter time, uh-huh. um, you'll every once in a while you'll catch a whiff, but it almost never makes it over here. Oh wow! How close are you to that sewage treatment plant? I can drive there in about two minutes. <laughs> Jesus, dude! <laughs> Fucking Rhode Island. <laughs> oh yeah. Every <laughs> every once in a while, you'll walk out in the backyard and smell shit. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah, it's cool. You know what? I basically fucking stole this house. Me and my wife. Um, it was originally like uh, they wanted two hundred and ten for the house. We offered two fifteen plus closing, and the house came back valued at two forty. Nice. And then with all the upgrades that I've done to it, the house right now is sitting pretty at about four hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. That's a good investment. 
It's nuts. Yeah. The, real, the real estate market on the East Coast is out of fucking control right now. It really is. It's Thanks. actually coming back down. It's uh, it's not as crazy as it used to be. Really? Um, okay. I can tell you that I can tell you that a four hundred thousand dollar house in North Carolina is probably still six or seven hundred thousand here. Yeah. But because I mean, I have a I have a friend that lives in North Carolina. We went down there uh, last November. We went and did, we did like a TikTok friendsgiving where all of us kind of like converged on her house. Cool. And. We didn't have turkey. We had six racks of baby backs because I was the one cooking. And uh, <laughs> fuck turkey. Uh, can't stand, bro, I can't stand turkey. I'd rather – it for, for any kind of like holiday event, I'd rather have ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I started to do the whole, you know, divvy the bird up and cook the bird different ways. So like, like confit the legs and do all that kind of stuff, which makes it more interesting to me. But generally, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's like, if you're just, if you're just slapping it in the fucking oven, it's like, get a couple chickens and deal with some chickens. It's, it just seems like such a a dangerous pain in the ass to do like this. It's not even a dangerous pain in the ass. It's more, more than like, it's basically just an overplayed tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Like for instance, you know how people do a turkey on Christmas too? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I haven't had turkey on Christmas, but yes, yes, I do know people do that. So I do prime rib. Mm-hmm. 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 Because I'd rather have prime rib. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way with a lot of like traditional things. Like, uh, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I'm kind of like over whole hog shit. Like we, like I've done a whole pig before and it's like, it's a whole long fucking process. And at the end of the day, you're just getting like pulled pork sandwiches out of the goddamn thing. And it's like, especially if you're doing it Hawaiian style and burying it in the ground with banana leaves. Yeah. 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 It is literally just a waste of fucking time. Just honestly, dude, just go out and buy, go out and buy a Boston butt. Yeah. 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 That's my philosophy. I'd rather get like a full pig, divvy it up, do some pork chops, do some ribs, do all sorts of really great different textures and a fun meal instead of like, hey, here's this full animal that we're just shredding and and throwing sauce on and then throwing in a fucking sandwich and giving it to you. It's like, well, why did I do the whole animal then? Like, what the fuck? There's a place in Vegas that does this thing. I was just watching it. Um, oh, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy, the, the comedian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he, he has a show. Uh, it's streaming. I can't remember where off the top of my head. I want to say it was on Prime Video maybe. Mm-hmm. But he just did this whole thing where he was traveling around with his uh, uh, G. Riley, the guy that he sent the racist gift basket to. <laughs> uh, he's traveling around with Martine mm-hmm. and a bunch of other people. And what they were doing is they're going to all these different places and they're trying the like they're trying these outrageous meals and then the next day they have to they have to figure out like a crazy workout routine to burn it all off right <laughs> they went to this place i can't remember the name of it but there's a place in vegas they serve you they'll serve you and your friends an entire hog right mm-hmm. they'll le- they'll debone and shred the entire thing and then drape the fucking rest of the pig over the top of it. So you have to lift the pig skin to get to the, <laughs> the meat. And I'm like, at that point, what the, I mean, I get the, I get the presentation. I get what you're doing. Sure. But why in God's name 
Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's it's shock value. Like the only thing it was missing was the fucking apple in its mouth. Like, uh, are we serious? Uh, yeah, it's just shock value bullshit. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, yes, I aim for that a lot. When I tell you the, oh my god, when I, I mean, we can get into the cooks that I'm doing today, but it's just absolutely stupid. Well, I'd like to get into all this stuff, and I'm excited to chat with you today. And um, I knew you and I would get along pretty quickly when I watched your content. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, we got to do it. Um, so for let's let's catch up the audience. Let me do some tech shit here. Like, uh, how did you? Why cooking, man? Like, why'd you pick cooking? How'd you get started with cooking? So it was basically me needing to get away from Facebook. I deleted every instance of myself across Facebook. Really? Um, How come? In in 2020, just it, it, all the political nonsense, the mm-hmm. freaking people crying about their lives. I was so fucking sick and tired of reading it all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? Screw this. I deleted it. And I, it, it's, it's funny, too, because I got my start on TikTok. And at first, I could not stand the app. I hated it. I thought it was stupid. Yeah. I'm like, this is just ridiculous bullshit. And I don't know how the hell these people, you know, make a living out of this, whatever, what have you. And I deleted my Facebook, every instance of me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I went over to TikTok and I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm trying to figure out something to do. I was an event DJ and I did like weddings. I hosted karaoke at bars. Oh, no shit. Stuff like that. I still, I still own all the equipment. I still have all of it. I don't do it anymore, but, um, it was funny this past April. I literally was DJing a wedding. I walked out into, I literally backspun the music in the middle of the dancing segment towards the end of the night, mm-hmm. walked out in the middle of the dance floor and retired. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I mean, I've seen, I know a bunch of DJs and I've seen DJs that have to deal with uh, weddings and uh, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it must've gotten on your nerves after a certain point having to deal with folks like that. I mean, uh... It did at times, especially with the bars, especially like when I'm trying to close down and I have a packed house and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they're coming up. It's like they wanted me to shut down at like quarter of one instead of at one o'clock. And they're like, well, there's only there's still there's still 15 minutes left of the night. I'm like, listen, this is what I was told to do. If you don't like it, you can go talk to the owner. And they're like, well, I'm going to go tell the owner or, you know. You know, and one of the bartender, uh, one of the bars that I worked at, the owner's name was Bobby. So I'm going to go tell Bobby. He'll get me in for a song. I'm like, you go fucking tell him. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm doing what I was told to do and fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the weddings, I loved. The weddings were freaking awesome. Um, what did I you- never really, I never really had any issues with weddings. I mean, huh. Well, what did you? It, it, it's weird too, because normally you hear all of this crazy shit that happens at weddings. It's never happened to me. I guess, I guess, all right. I guess I was coming at it from a bad attitude standpoint because, um, you know, when I started, I was a photographer and sort of like in the beginning days, you you end up having to do whatever you can with a video camera. And so um, I just knew the horror stories of dealing with wedding clients. And they, they're, it's so emotionally charged where it's just like, I know that if, I don't give you exactly what you want. You're going to have some fucking like hissy fit about this shit. And so matter of fact, I have one good story for you. Yeah. Okay. So at a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Literally 15 minutes before this woman's supposed to, supposed to walk down the aisle, she's having second thoughts. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm sitting here, I'm in my head. I'm going, listen, motherfucker, I'm getting paid. You're walking down that goddamn aisle. Right. Mm-hmm. 
She's like, I don't know if I want to go through with this, this and that. And I looked at her and I, I said, you need to walk down that aisle. She goes, well, I don't know. And I grabbed her head and I kissed her on the lips. And I said, did you enjoy that? She goes, no. I said, then get down the fucking aisle and kiss him. I love, I love that you're potentially pushing her into a bad decision because you want to get paid for DJing. I, I mean, they're still married. They're, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good, though. That's good. Sounds like you made the right call. <laughs> yeah. I kissed her on the lips. I'm like, did you enjoy that? No. They go down there and kiss him for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there have been wild, wild shit that, you know, uh, even DJing in bars. Um, I used to DJ in downtown Providence at a place called Murphy's Deli and Bar. Mm-hmm. And one night, have you ever seen the show Ghost Adventures? Yes. Um, Zach Bagans and, you know, Nick and Aaron, I think their names were. Yep. Well, the apparently they were investigating somewhere close by, and the entire fucking cast of the show mm-hmm. came into my bar. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here going, oh, my God, this is going to be freaking great. And um, there was an episode at one point where Zach was playing this piano, and he, he could not sing to save his life, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was acting, right? He got on the microphone. He really can't sing. I was doing shots with them all night. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. I just kept buying shots. I just kept buying rounds of shots. But it was, um, that was a fun night. Um, huh. I've had Tony Hawk sing on a microphone. I've had um, Joey Fatone sing on a microphone. <laughs> and then later on, now that I'm doing this, we actually became friends last year. Um. He's a, he's a space shot. <laughs> he's like it, it, trying to wrangle him to do something. It's like he see, uh, he has like these ooh shiny moments where he's like, oh, and then he's gone. And then you're sitting there, Joe, over, over here, over, you're, you're doing something. You need to be over here. Like <laughs> he's so funny. He's so funny. He's such a great dude. Uh, at one point I, I was a celebrity guest. He was a celebrity guest and he came over to my table because he didn't want to be at his anymore uh-huh. because he was just trying to avoid people. So he comes over and sits with me. My brother is sitting next to me. He obviously never been, never had any kind of interaction with like actual celebrities. Right. Yeah. He's sitting there on the side of me. having a fucking coronary. <laughs> and I'm like, I just looked at him. Like I, I, I literally leaned back and looked at him past Joey and literally looked at him and went, He's human. It's okay to talk to him. Yeah. (laughs) And Joey just turns to him and has a full conversation with him. And I can like his, I I can see that my brother's heart was beating so hard. His fucking eyeballs were popping out of his head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People get, just calm down. It's okay. People get weird around celebrity, man. It's funny to watch. They get really strange around him. Um, It's, I'm like, why? I don't get it. Uh, it's it's weird, man. It, it, it's all that. I mean, because it's our job. It's my job to build hype around these people. It's my job to build them into mythical creatures. And then uh, they go out into the real world and you're just like, fuck, this guy came out of my TV. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, you know, he's a regular dude. He really is. Um, yeah. I mean, some of them are not so nice, but I mean. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like, it's always a gamble. Whenever I work with somebody that I've respected, I'm always crossing my fingers. And it's like, don't be a piece of shit. Don't be a piece of shit. Don't be a piece of shit. Every once in a yep. while they are. But most of the time, people are really nice. And 
uh, people still come from humble places, you know? Yep. So I mean, all of the people that I've met and worked with have been great. Um, before I, it's really funny because before I was a celebrity guest, I used to be one of the volunteers for Rhode Island comic con. Mm. And, um, I worked with uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. I worked with Ric Flair. I worked with Cassandra <laughs> Peterson, who's uh, the, the original Elvira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've worked with Michael Rooker, Danny Trejo, um, nice. a lot of different people. Um, I had I had the opportunity to meet a bunch of the people from Titans. I got to meet um, what the fuck's his name. I think his name's Billy Zane, uh, the guy that was. Oh, he was uh, the bad guy was, in Titanic, right? And he was. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. also the Phantom. Yes, I remember the Phantom. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was a little weird, but he was a nice guy. I think um, I saw. He, he, I just saw him in something recently, and I was like, "What the fuck? Where'd this guy come from again?" But yeah, no, no, he was a weird dude. Um. But hold on, let me go back. Why food? Okay, so like, did you? I knew you were going to circle back. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. <laughs> why? So why food? Like, were you were you around uh, cooks? Was your dad a cook? Like, wh- how did you get into so, food? I mean, at a young age, I was I was taught to like you know I I, I was taught to make my own because I loved, dude. When I was younger, I was the pickiest eater on the planet. I was the macaroni and cheese hot dog. King, like that was, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That was my jam, right? Uh-huh. That's all I ate as a kid. It's all I ate, dude. I when I tell you, I was constipated more times than I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. And then, um, you know, I I was taught to start making my own food. Like you know, I started off with like you know mac and cheese, scrambled eggs, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was, you know, they let me cook on the grill. I fell in love with the grill. Yeah, and then. You know, steaks on the grill, burgers on the grill, hot dogs on the grill. I wanted to cook everything on the grill. Yeah. And then um, flash forward a few years ago, um, I bought this um, master-built digital electric smoker that plugged into the wall. Nice. And it had a heating element that heated up the wood chips that you would put in it, and it would smoke your meat. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, I'd have to – because the freaking – the fire pot was so small – that you had to keep every few hours, you had to keep feeding this thing wood chips. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this, I can't freak. And then finally this thing died on me after a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I just beat this thing to death. I smoked fucking anything and everything. <laughs> and then I did a ton of research on YouTube to learn how to do all this stuff. I watched a bunch of videos. I jumped on, I jumped in groups on Facebook and was just, you know, just, just talk to people, you know? Yeah. And it came down to, um, that thing finally died and it died in the most inopportune time uh-huh. because I was supposed to be doing, um, pulled pork for all the people at my job, which I used to run an ACE hardware. And, um, that's cool. I, I, I was supposed to make pulled pork for this event. You know, like the, the company paid for it and everything. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do? I left my house with $3,000 in cash. And I'm like, I do not care what I come home with. <laughs> and I ended up buying a $500, uh, pit boss, Austin XL pellet grill. Uh-huh. And now, matter of fact, now that grill is sitting at meat again, butcher shop in Delhi in Bill Ricca, Massachusetts, where I can still use it when I go up there and do events. That's cool. Man. So that grill is still in operation. Uh, my old KC, my old pit boss KC combo is up there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, now my backyard is just littered with grills, and so is my garage. I, I own 
19 grills. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's awesome. Plus the, giant, it, plus the giant barbecue pit that's in the middle of my backyard. It's awesome that you got the room for all that stuff. I wish I did. I've got like, uh, I've got a Weber and I've got a smoker out there and I, I, I want more and I just don't have the space. I really don't yeah, have the space. Welcome to LA, fucker. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you said, uh, when you were talking about uh, the electric smoker, <clears throat> back at home, uh, in Boston, that was the first that I got. I got one of the, you know, stand-up bullet smokers, but it was electric. So it had like electric coil on the bottom of it. And that's what mine had. Yep. Yeah. I used it for a while, man. I had that thing cranking for a few years. But, you know, the problem with the East Coast is all the fucking salt and the corrosion and everything. And so, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I just did. The, the day that it went down on me, I was doing a smoke. I had a bunch of people coming over and I was doing a bunch of ribs. So I had a bunch of ribs on there and <clears throat> it started to rain. So I was like, ah, fuck. So I went and I set up like a pop-up tent, put a pop-up tent over everything. And I was doing the, you know, the rap method, right? So it's like, uh, what is it? Two, two, one. Two, I can't remember the the way it is, but I, I went two twenty five to three two one method. You you leave it unwrapped for the first three hours. Yes. You wrap it for two hours and then unwrap it for the last hour and kick the heat up. Usually at about two seventy five to glaze them over. Yes, thank you. My my still asleep brain couldn't function on that. Yes, so I was do- <laughs> I was I was doing that. And uh, I went through the process of wrapping them. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to wrap these guys. And I, I did foil because that's what I had. So I wrapped them in foil. And then I went and I did my other shit. And I came back down to check on them. And uh, I reached in, took the first one out, opened it up. And the ribs were burnt inside of it. And I'm like, what? How the fuck does this make any sense? They were burnt in it. And it's one of those uh, plug-in electric grills so you really not even you can't even adjust the heat i mean it the coil set it at a specific point and then it just goes and so i'm like oh mine had a mine had a digital display on top you could set the temperature uh, this one was like total like total idiot proof and so i'm like i'm not even cranking heat in this fucker and why these like like the bones were charred inside of it and i'm like what the fuck's going on so i go to grab the other one and it's super hot i grab it i grab it with my metal tongs and a metal spatula to bring it off. And as I do that, I connect the circuit and the electricity runs through my entire body. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently it was, there was some sort of circuit issue. So it was electrifying the tinfoil and burning out the ribs. And I didn't know because there was no evidence of it physically. And so I'm standing out in my backyard. I've got a bunch of guests coming in two hours and I'm electrocuting myself with a barbecue. And I said, wouldn't it have been ironic? They all show up and there's me dead in front of this thing, in front of a barbecue in the backyard. And the cops show up and go, how do you die? And go, electrocuting. Electrocution? <laughs> so, so after I did that, I was like, fuck this grill. And that was the last time I ever used an electric one. After that, I went I went old school and I learned how to do it better. So, yeah. Yeah. So basically how it all started was basically I just trying to figure out a way to use TikTok. And I started, I started by um, posting up the people – that would sing at my karaoke shows. Mm-hmm. That's what it was at first. Okay. And then 
that didn't go anywhere. So I'm like, fuck it. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to post my videos of me smoking shit in my smoker. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, the first ever video, I even deleted it because it doesn't fall in brand with everything else. I deleted it, but, uh, I did smoked cheese and I still have yet to do it again. I'm going to do it this fall. Nice. Um, and it maybe got 2000 views, you know, total Mm -hmm. ever. Um, but the vi- it basically, I I got pissed off one day, and I'm like, these fucking videos aren't going anywhere. You know what? I'm just gonna do something just outrageous, and I I I was gonna make burnt ends with hot dogs, <laughs> right? So I went out and I got an eight pack of the fucking just ballpark hot dogs, mm-hmm. right? And I um I did this whole video. I'm like, and I put on this like this stupid fucking Boston accent, and I'm like. Yeah, you put your fucking hot dogs in the dish, and then you fucking hit it with the mustard. It's a binder. And then you fucking you grab, you get your fucking dry rub, and you fuck it up with the rub, and it just went from there. I posted that video on December 19th of 2020, mm-hmm. and I posted it at 9 o'clock at night. The next morning, I woke up to 12,000 new friends. That's crazy. Um, the video went viral overnight, and I sat there, and I overanalyzed everything that I did in that video that went viral. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've read every, con- I still do this. I read every single fucking con. I may not reply to all of them, but I read every single one of them across four platforms. Um, uh, and so, I just uh, basically figured out why the video went viral. And the one main thing was that I sound like Bill Burr, the yep. comedian. Yep. When I yell. <laughs> so yep. I, now, now I'm just some like because you, you think of like Bill Burr. You want a pumpkin, you fucking fairy. You know, like when he gets when he gets all worked up, and then when he's on Mandalorian, get that blaster out of my face, Mando. <laughs> and you just, you know, you just, I just took it and ran with it, and I never heard it before until someone pointed it out, right? Yeah. So, and it's also it, the other thing too is a lot of a lot of people like they're like. uh who sounds like Bill Burr? Well, Bill Burr is from Canton, Massachusetts. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he has that Boston accent. I mean, he's lost it a little bit from, you know, traveling all over the fucking world. But, yeah, um, yeah. And you tr- know, I have too. I mean, there, there are times like I, I have my, one of my best friends is Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Ray. He lives out in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And I, I, dude, I, I go out there and I come home and I start talking like him. <laughs> You yeah. know, like, yeah, no, I get that. I totally get that. It's, a, I mean, I've, I've had a Boston accent, but mine, mine is pretty subdued. Mine really only comes out when I get fucking pissed off. And when I get pissed off, you can hear it pretty hard, but the rest of the time I get it. It's pretty subdued. Most of us, oh, yeah. most of us don't sound like, you know, Matt Damon. <laughs> when he's pretending to be back in Boston. Most of us have oh, a my pretty God, subdued. It's, dude, that movie, The Departed. Yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right but you know it, honestly the other the other one i get compared to is mark Wahlberg, and i'm like maybe maybe not maybe go fuck yourself right mark Wahlberg's <laughs> a little bit softer spoken about it though <laughs> it's like it's like you want you want me you want me smoke a fucking brisket is that what you want is that what you want you want me smoke a fucking brisket <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know 
Hey, hey Donnie! <laughs> I remember, uh, what was the Shyamalan movie he was in? Oh, The Happening, where he was supposedly a teacher. <laughs> he was playing like... That was the worst fucking movie. I just didn't buy it. I'm like, Mark, The whole you- time, guys, what's happening? Guys, I'm afraid. Guys, I don't know what's happening. Guys, that, that was literally the entire fucking... That was his dialogue. I'm like, Marky Mark is teaching a high school class. <laughs> I just didn't buy it. It was an Ooh. instant layout. It's like, this fucking guy's teaching kids no <laughs> yeah that movie sucked i hated that yeah, speaking movie. of this shit how's your how's your mother good she's time for fucking my father <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> every time dude when i when it comes to mark Wahlberg, i like default to the departed because yeah. that is like yeah that is 100 percent him yeah yeah it, like, it feels that you know way. that and that and ted Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. All my buddies worked out then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane's from out here, too. Yep, yeah. So He's from he Rhode not, Island, right? He's a Rhode Island guy. He's from Rhode Island. He went to RISD. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Uh, all that's right. Why, that's why Family Guy hits home for him because that's it's, right. you know, it's... Matter of fact, it's funny, too, because one of my friends is a Peter Griffin impersonator. Really? Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Is- Shout out to Stevie Oaks 401 on TikTok, you fuck. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it must be on TikTok. Is he a impersonator <laughs> in real life? Is he going to bars <laughs> as Peter well, Griffin? No, he goes to cons. He's he's like, he, dude, he has one point something million followers. Holy shit. Granted, half of them are probably 15, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man. The world of TikTok is fucking mind blowing to me. Oh, yeah. he Dude, he had one video that went for like 30 million views. And he because he duetted another uh, impersonator, but this woman impersonated Lois and sounded exactly like her. <laughs> and he reacted and he stitched the video oh, come on lois don't do it like that you know like and it was just fucking you know it was fucking great <laughs> so i mean i i do some voice impressions but not like a lot yeah but yeah. um yeah um all right so yeah basically it started with it just started with that freaking the 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 i call them smoked barbecue hot dogs kid <laughs> like that was the intro to the video and then thus started you know this whole snowball effect where i just i just kept nailing all the points that would that would kept making me go viral over and over again and that was it and then uh it was just last year my most viral video i made a video where i took i i, I even said i'm like uh, my views are shit, so we're going to do this. And I wrapped pizza rolls in bacon. I basted them with barbecue sauce and then hit them with a dry rub and I smoked them. <laughs> and they were fucking insane. <laughs> I was going to say, they must have tasted amazing. That must have been they crazy. They were fucking insane. Yeah. And the video, uh, but last time I checked, it was at 8.2 million views. That's nuts. And the video went fucking ballistic. Um. That's Matter of fact, I had so I had my own merch line, my own apparel line, mm-hmm. and I had a merch plug in that video. I made twenty thousand dollars that month in merch. Holy shit! That's awesome, dude. That's so awesome. that was. And matter of fact, it was the I posted that while uh, right before I went out to Vegas to film with Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm literally watching my shit blow the fuck up while I'm out in Vegas doing the film work for next level chef. Yeah. Cause that was, that was going to be, <clears throat> that was going to be my next question where, 
um, you know, you, you were on Next Level Chef, which <laughs> it's cooking shows have, have gotten just as insane. So like if you're talking about how in order to get views on TikTok, you're wrapping, you know, pizza rolls and bacon and you're fucking swearing like a fucking a sailor from Boston, then uh, the equivalent of that on like TV, like safe TV programming is a show like Next Level Chef with like moving platforms and like giant sets and shit. Like what was it like working on that fucking thing? So, um, I found out that I was going there a week before I was set to fly out. Uh Um, I was one of the last people that was cast for the show. Um, they were in dire need of more social media people, which is funny too, because now for season two, season two is being filmed in London and they hit up all my fucking friends. (laughs) All my friends that are like barbecue and cooking and everything like that. They're hitting up all my friends. Dude, dude. Um, before, I, and I only know that. And naturally, they can't tell me yes or no. But when they're calling me, asking me questions about what it's like in the interview process and what it's like being on set with Next Level Chef, you kind of, you kind of, you know, you, you piece the fucking pieces together. Yeah. Um, it doesn't surprise me. I know the people that go through the, I, it's like get the assistants to go on social media and find high numbers and then reach out to all these people. And, oh, these guys know the, uh, the guy that we've done before. Okay. That's an easy path for us to find new. <laughs> I have. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to keep my sort of cynical sense on reality TV at bay here. Continue your story. <laughs> Continue your story. Yeah, I know exactly how it works. It was really funny, too, because uh, at one point we actually passed. I didn't even know it was filmed out there, and I didn't even know it was a permanent structure. But the BattleBots arena huh. is right off the strip in Vegas. No shit. Um, so basically, I flew out, and... Obviously, with you know, with with a show like this, they had the whole COVID bubble thing, mm-hmm. and uh, because it was done last year, mm-hmm. um, and for the first three days, I was confined to my hotel room. I could not leave. Yeah. Um, if I left to go anywhere, I had to be escorted by what they call talent wranglers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, basically, the you know the, the 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 casting producers and stuff like that. So. Um, everywhere I went, I, if I left my room, I had to wear a mask. If I confronted anyone, I had to wear a mask. Um, the first three days was me being stuck in the hotel room, ordering more Grubhub than I have ever ordered in my fucking life. (laughs) Um, and they would deliver it to my room. That's great. Um, I still had access to my laptop, my phone while I was in the hotel room. I couldn't tell anyone where I was. I kept coming up like I was doing live streams from the hotel room mm-hmm. and I kept making up like weird random stories like, oh, yeah, I bought a strip club or um, I just checked into rehab or, you know, I, I kept I kept just skirting the question when they when everyone asked me where I was because I had the blinds closed because right outside my window was the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right, right. Because we stayed we stayed at the Virgin Mobile Hotel, which is literally right off the strip. Like I, out right outside my window was a big vacant lot. And then across that was the high roller wheel. <laughs> um, you know, I was looking at Treasure Treasure Island, the Trump Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Way off in the distance, I could see Caesars. I saw I saw Bally's, the Flamingo. Um, so basically, my fir- it was my first ever time in Vegas, and I was stuck in a hotel room. The only thing I ever saw the entire time I was there was my hotel room, the van, and the set. That yeah. was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the set was located um, 
way outside, way like out past the airport into the desert in the parking lot of, a ho- of another hotel. And it was the biggest ever temporary structure to ever be erected in Vegas. It was obviously, now you figure how tall this thing is inside. Mm-hmm. Now think outside. It was a f- six story tall tent wow. with a five story tall set. It's crazy because now these kitchens are are actually stacked on top of each other. Mm. Um, the great room where um, you know the 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 three the three chefs you know Gordon, Naisha, and Richard were standing up at the podium. Mm-hmm. That was off to the side. It was not underneath the. Um, it was not underneath the the kitchens right so basically when 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 you would when we would walk into the elevator Mm -hmm. from the great room it was a fake elevator yep yep and you would walk into it the doors would close a trap door from the side would open and we'd walk out go around the corner and the actual elevator was a construction uh construction grade elevator like that was dressed up Yeah, yeah 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 and they made it they made it look exactly the same and then all the different all the different levels had different doors that opened. Um, being on set, we were not allowed to talk to each other at all. Right. Uh, me and the other fourteen contestants. Why? Uh, just because they didn't want you guys to bond or something? <clears throat> they didn't want us to bond. They didn't want they they wanted to make sure that um, you know on like on camera reactions and relations were genuine. Ah. So we weren't allowed to talk to each other. We still, the 15 of us still have a group chat on Instagram that we talk to each other. Um, <laughs> I just imagine it's like, it's like after serving in, in the military, it's like after going to war and you guys still talking about it. Oh dude, we had a, we had a fucking half hour long conversation the other night about everyone's feet. <laughs> 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 like, we got together. We are some weird fucking individuals. Let me tell you. And I still talk to a lot of them because some of the, like the social media chefs, one of them, um, his name is Royce and he is a social media TikTok chef and he does all these kinds of crazy wild things. And we talk to each other on the regular, but that's cool. That was definitely, uh, being as a whole, it was definitely an interesting experience. Um, yeah. From the basement kitchen. And then that top kitchen was just, Oh my God, it was unreal. It's so funny too, because Gordon Ramsay now owns Hexclad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the pans in the top kitchen were Hexclad. <laughs> of course, of course. At one point in the middle of the elimination cook, I looked at him and I'm like, I like your placement of pans, by the way. That never made the show, but obviously, you know. <laughs> yeah, I bet it didn't. <laughs> I like your placement of pans, bro. Product placement is everything, homeboy. All right, you know the deal. It's time to take a sec, show some thanks to, and show some love to the men and women that make this show possible. And uh, this isn't just an ad read section. This is where I sort of talk about the gear that I use, talk about the stuff that I'm excited about. Excuse me. And um, hopefully you guys get interested too. And please, while you're listening to this section, I will have the links below in the description of this episode. So whatever platform you're using, or if you go to inlovewiththeprocess.com and clicked on today's 
episode page where I post images and trailers for things and all sorts of supplemental material. That's at lovewiththeprocess.com. Um, just click on our sponsor links. Or go visit our sponsors on Instagram and just leave them a note. Hey, I heard you want to love with the process. I know I'm asking you to do something extra. I know I'm asking you to do more than just sit here and drool on your pillow while you're listening to the show. I mean, it's it's a lot of work, right? You have to move your thumbs a little bit more. You have to close an app, open another app, and then go do that. Oh, it sounds so fucking exhausting, doesn't it? Just do it. It helps the show. It reminds the sponsors that you're listening to this segment, that you enjoy it when I berate you and make you do things that are uncomfortable, like move your thumb and go to another account. Anyway, um, today's a food episode. Supporting today's show is our friends over at Bear Republic. Super excited to have a beer sponsor on the show. And this is an uh, this is an ad read for people over 21, Okay. I get it. You all want to be drinking beer. There's a lot of younger listeners. You can't wait to get to this point. Let's talk about doing it responsibly. And let's wait until you're at that point when you can do it responsibly. And we'll give you some tips on the type of beers that you should be drinking. And we can talk about all that kind of stuff on the show. You know, like uh, I'm a huge fan of beers. I'm a huge fan of microbrews. And uh, one of the things that I love about the industry is that it seems to have, and it's not immune to corporate takeovers, but it seems to still just be a bunch of small companies that are very successful, run by people that love to make the product, run by folks that love beer and that understand brewing and get experimental with brewing. I love that. Um, and uh, it's, I'm so happy to be around and alive during yeah, I guess you would call this a beer renaissance, right? Like, this is like the best time for beers. Um, do you know that there are over 9,000 craft breweries in the United States right now? That's nuts. Craft breweries, meaning like privately owned little companies that are creating all this stuff. Um, Bear Republic is one of my favorites, and I was excited to get them on as a sponsor. Um, I have been drinking their Racer 5 IPA for years. Um, and I was surprised at all of the really interesting small batch stuff they have. Bear Republic was founded in 1995. Their original brewery is located just off the downtown square of uh, Heldsburg, California, uh, where they create and sometimes stumble upon some of their favorite beer recipes. Ricardo's Red Rocket Ale, Racer 5 IPA, and many others began in that very brew house. Bear Republic likes to leave its mark with their beers, but they also want to minimize their marks on the environment. So if you go to their website, you can read about their sustainability efforts. Well, I know that's important to a lot of folks. Uh, you definitely go to bearrepublic.com and read about that. But personally, for me, it's about two things. Flavor, beer, how you're pairing that flavor, what you're eating when you're drinking that beer, and the graphic design. I love canned designs. More often than not, I'm usually going to a bar, one of my favorite bars, and picking the type of beer that I want to drink that day. Is it hot out? Maybe I want a Pilsner. Maybe I want something lighter. Okay, great. And then I'm looking at the can designs. That's just what I do. Maybe it's the comic book kid in me. I know I should be like asking questions about flavor profiles. No, no, no. I, I, I like how magical it is to me still. I like seeing like, fuck, that's a really cool graphic design can. And a lot of this stuff 
is stuff that is artwork that I'd put on the wall. You know, it's super fucking fun. Um, and Bear Republic's got some of the coolest designs out there. So uh, as you start up your barbecue season, consider getting your hands on specialty brews from Bear Republic. Uh, and they have made getting beers easy for you. All you have to do is visit their website, bearrepublic.com, uh, to buy their seasonal brews in small batches. That's right. You can buy their beers off their website. They ship anywhere in California. There's a few other states that they'll ship to. But if they don't ship to you, when you click on that beer selection, they will tell you about a retailer near you that has them in stock. Maybe it's too drizzly. Maybe it's a retailer. I think they even say what bars. Don't quote me on that. Um, I'm excited about their West Coast IPA and their Formula R&D series, and I like the ongoing Tarot Season series. Um, I love small batches, limited edition batches, when breweries take chances and try out new flavors. That's a big thing for me. Here's the cool thing for all the listeners listening to the show. We have a discount code. Process 15. Process 15. This code will get all of our listeners 15% off the entire online store catalog, both beer and merchandise. Go to Bear Republic right now. I've been wearing the Bear Republic trucker hat. I love this hat. It's kind of the coolest hat that I have right now. Uh, it fits me really well. Gina, think I, Gina thinks I look good in that hat, so I wear it all the time. Wink. Yes, ladies, ladies shape our lives. Um, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, like I said, go to bearrepublic.com and use the promo code PROCESS15. Get yourself some awesome, tasty, small batch beers. Also supporting the show, as we talk about being influencers, we talk about having to film your own content. You're upgrading from just shooting on your iPhone, and you're like, what kind of camera do I want to get my hands on? I highly suggest you check out our new sponsor, Fujifilm. Here's why. Fujifilm's autofocusing is the best in the market. The best in the market. You could pull focus from different objects. It is super sick, dude. I love it. I've been using their X-H2S camera, which has a little flip out screen that you can rotate off to the side of the camera so that you can see yourself when you're filming yourself. There are all sorts of crazy advanced autofocus options that you can do in that rig. So it'll keep you in focus as you're moving closer to the lens, further from the lens. It's a compact camera, which I love. It has the ability to shoot 4K. It has the ability to shoot uh, 6K if you're using an external uh, recorder. Um, it shoots ProRes. Uh, it shoots H.264. I love this rig. It is super great. And the thing that I love the most about it is its internal LUTs. LUTs, right? What are LUTs for those of you who don't know? These are filters, like visual filters for it. So like if you want to shoot in black and white, their LUTs are really gorgeous for that. They have different um, like uh, color LUTs, uh, vintage LUTs, all sorts of really great stuff. They have a Fujifilm LUT that's in there that matches the look of the 35 millimeter movie Fujifilm that they do. So it's gorgeous, man. Uh, great detail. It's a great rig, not only for filming yourself, if you're an influencer, but it's a good rig for actually taking photos of your of your food and everything else. It's all in one. I love these guys. Definitely go check out Fujifilm. I'll put links below. Check them out on Instagram. Go look at the X X-H2S. I have so much trouble saying that. X-H2S camera. I love it. I'm trying to think if there's anything 
that I could read off of their stats here that I haven't. Let's see. Powerful. Oh, let's talk about the autofocus. Okay. Let's give you some stats for it. Unmatched autofocus performance. The autofocusing system on the X-H2S is not only quick, but also highly advanced. Capable of working in light levels down to negative 7 EV. That's intense. So if it's really dark in there, it can still find you to do the focus. And keeping up with both fast and erratic uh, moving subjects. So you can actually change the speeds, which is cool. Uh, it now features a subject detention autofocus utilizing AI to deliver an unmatched autofocus performance. Whereas previous X-Series models offer face and eye detection, uh, the new subject detection AF broadens the range of identifiable objects to further, uh, for further focusing accuracy. The new system has the ability to identify and track cars, planes, motorcycles, birds, horses, dogs, cats, and more. Furthermore, face and eye detection capabilities have been expanded to pick up hairlines, glasses, and face coverings. It's nuts. So essentially, you can program this thing to focus on, let's say you're doing a cheeseburger on the table. I want to focus on that cheeseburger and then your handheld moving into it. It'll keep that in focus. Nuts. Or if you're holding that cheeseburger up and you hold it up closer to the camera, it'll track focus with you. It's crazy. It's pretty cool stuff, man. Ultimate camera, if you're an influencer and you're shooting yourself, I really do think so. So check out Fujifilm um, and we will have all the links in our description of this episode or ought at or ought or at in love with the we have a whole sponsor section there and in our sponsor section at the website all the promo codes are up there too okay um and use the stuff guys right please i love this stuff i love the gear also if you're an influencer and you're creating your content and uh, you wish it sounded cooler uh or maybe you've been trying to use you know some beyonce tracks and you keep getting pulled down off of the your social media accounts because you don't have the rights to use it or maybe you're just using on instagram you know when you can grab a song rights because they have them licensed if you use it in the stories and you grab a song and you're just sort of dragging it around and it, it just doesn't match your edit well why not get music that you could use on social media stuff, licensed music, music that sounds amazing. If you go to jambox.io, go there right now and check out their music selection. It blew me away. I use Jambox for everything that I edit these days. It helps me get clients. It makes the work sound better. You guys watched my uh, Bose House of Dragon stuff. I posted it on my Instagram page. That music was that was in there was an epic track from Jambox and an epic track that I was able to get the stems for, meaning that I was able to get the drums separately. I was able to get the synth separately so I can recut the song to fit the time frame that I needed. I could build that song emotionally to fit into 60 seconds or 30 seconds, and then I can edit to it. So the beats hit right, and it just seems cooler. Go to jambox.io right now. Have it change your life. They have great subscription plans right now. I know the one that I have is their commercial plan, which is like $19.99 a month. It enables me to use these songs not only for paying clients, um, but it also enables me to get access to their stems. I know that they have 
a cheaper version for you if you're just doing YouTube or social media stuff. They have an affordable version for that and they also have a student version up there. All their prices are at jambox.io and if you don't want to pay for a subscription plan, then you can do individual songs. But at the end of the day, you're going to license an individual song for about a hundred and change. It just makes sense to get the fucking year subscription, right? Because then you have all sorts of shit that you can do. You can do multiple songs. You can actually do a cut that's got multiple tracks in it. Just It just makes sense. I had never heard of a website that does it at this level, at this quality before. 100% serious here. Um, and uh, when I found these guys, it changed everything. So, jambox.io. Also supporting the show is Indie Pro. So like if you're using all sorts of like a hodgepodge of different camera gear and then you've got monitors and you've got all sorts of stuff and they each take their own weird little battery stuff and you just want one battery for everything, check out Indie Pro. They make amazing uh, batteries that are V mount, gold mount uh, and uh, power adapters. So like I've got one that slaps on the back of my black magic camera and so now i don't have to rely on those little bullshit batteries that they put in those black magic cameras i can run it off this really great brick that's lightweight holds a charge for quite some time and then also is uh recharging super quick i use those same batteries in the back of my production monitors whenever i'm on the field i love them Check out IndiePro.com. We have a promo code with IndiePro, so you'll get a sweet savings on your first purchase with those guys. All of that stuff is listed in the description of this episode, or like I said, on LoveWithTheProcess.com in the sponsor section. Um, find some gear. And dude, I tell you about this stuff because you guys are asking me all the time. And yes, we get paid. The show gets paid. This is how we stay uh, up and running without charging you guys per episode. But I'm picking out these places that I actually work with. All right. It's legit. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody else. Stand by. I should have done my prep on this. And your boy is just busy. You know, he's just a busy boy. He's got so much shit going on. Let's see here. Let's see here. Bear Republic, Jambox, Fujifilm. We're good. All right. So that's it. Let's get back into it with Gary. fascinated by this stuff because obviously I work in production and I kind of know how the game works. But um, when you look at these reality TV shows, they're so jacked up at this point where it's like, <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't got to the point where it's like, okay, so we have your family held hostage in the basement, a gun to your daughter's head, go downstairs and choose the right protein for your dish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah, right. Exactly. It, it feels like it's if just, you don't win. We're going to shoot your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they just cracked up on this drama and this suspense drama stuff. But I, I assume. So, were they doing, was the cooking stuff in real time or was it all stop and go? Was it like, all right, hold on. We got to reset for something else. So we got to do something else here. <laughs> so um, everything looked fluid when you watch the show. Yeah. But basically what would happen was um, you'd get on set, you'd get into the, you'd get into the kitchen, whatever kitchen you happen to be in. Mm -hmm. And then 
you sit there and everything's kind of just you're waiting. And then as soon as the as soon as they the thing uh, the, the elevator opens and one of the the famous chefs comes into the kitchen, that's when things start rolling. Mm-hmm. They just there's no action, there's no nothing. It's just it happens right there. And um you know, they, they give you the pep talk, this and that. All right, line up. So we all go line up against the back wall. And then the platform comes down. It turns green. You go. You run. You grab all the stuff that you need. You bring it back to your station. Everything stops. Production crew yeah. comes in. They take pictures of your station. They inventory what you took. And every, because they're they're serious about like, you know, everything that you took off that platform had to go in your dish. So you couldn't just be a glutton and grab fucking everything. You know what I mean? Right. So you had to pick what you were trying to do. And then um, so it's it, it is kind of a panic. And I have never worked in a high intensity kitchen. So I I didn't you know, I wasn't grabbing the right shit. um somehow i managed to pull a schnitzel out of my ass and fun fact i have never cooked a schnitzel in my entire life and i thought it'd be a great start to do it on national fucking television um Uh uh-huh nice dude the things the things we do under stress yep and then you know they would do the countdown three two one go and then for that 45 minutes you are in that kitchen and you are cooking um, the chefs were not in the kitchen the entire time. They would pop in and out. So like they would, they would come in, they check on everything and then they disappear and take a break and they, yeah. they'd watch from behind the cameras and they come back out and then they assess everything and then they disappear again. So they weren't there the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cook's done, you know, you put your thing on the platform, it rises up, see you later. And then everything, you know, and then from the time we leave the kitchens to the time that they're tasting it, that food is dead cold. Yeah, of course. Because it was a good 45 minutes to an hour later. Yeah, of right? course. Of course. We were on set. We were on set for 12 hours to make a 45-minute episode. Yeah. Um, I can tell you everything in Hollywood is hurry up and wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's definitely – it's – yeah, it, it was a lot of downtime, a lot of downtime. And it was funny, too, because they had two, they had one casting area, um, one casting area that we were, we had like carpet, we had um, like couches, lights, tables, chairs, all kinds of stuff like that. They brought us whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't leave that area unless we had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then there was a separate casting area, my guess, because... My guess is because um, it was louder than the other one. And uh, where the original casting area was, it mm-hmm. was right, like literally right up against the great room. And they did, as you saw, like in the commercials and stuff, when they, when they were promoting the show, you saw them say, hey, you know, uh, this show is airing in just two weeks and they're in the great room talking about it. They were probably on the other side filming that stuff that's why they moved us so we couldn't hear anything that was going on over there because they you know they whether you know if they're doing interviews or whatever and they're and they're talking about what's going on in the kitchen for voiceovers and stuff like that they didn't want us to hear it 
So mm. they were probably talking about stuff that we weren't allowed to hear. You know, it's basically we were on a need to know basis. You don't need to know. We don't tell you. Um, <laughs> but it was funny, too, because and I, I had a running theory on this one. In order for us to get from one casting area to the other casting area, we had to effectively leave the tent, go outside and walk around. Because if we were to walk straight down that hallway, I'm willing to bet you they had all of the stuff that we weren't supposed to know that they had for the upcoming challenges stored over there. Yeah, right, 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 right. And then the filming crew was all on the other side where the open side of the the thing was, of the the set. Because everything was wide open and there was just wires stopping you from literally falling off the fucking the set. That's so and wild. even on the bottom floor, it was still about six feet off the ground. That's so wild. that's wild. I mean, so it was all built in a tent. So it wasn't actually built in a building itself. So like the str- it was in a giant ass white tent, that's, unlabeled white tent. That's crazy. That's crazy, huh? That's pretty wild. And uh, it must have been like a big production crew, right? There must have been a bunch of camera operators and shit, right? Oh my god! And, the, and at any given point, we're standing in the great room. There were fourteen cameras on us. Jesus! And then inside, there were. If you if you go back and watch the show, you'll notice on the sides mm-hmm. that there are mirrors. They were not mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had cameras on both sides. They had cameras in the ceiling. Um, they moved. They swiveled. They panned. They did everything. They basically just moved them where they wanted to see the action. Huh. Um, Fascinating. They had, there was so many, and then they they had boom cameras that were outside looking in on big, like almost like cranes, like cherry pickers. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they would move up and down so you could see inside to each kitchen. They had, they had cameras fucking everywhere. That's crazy, man. Were you nervous? And they had people sitting on these things and I'm like, that can't be safe, but all right. Were you, uh, were you nervous? Very. You must have been, dude. That's a huge, I mean, that's a huge upgrade from like you in the kitchen shooting with your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah to- well, um, I, I was still shooting up my, on my phone at that point. And then this is this, now this brings us to next month. So that was in September. In October, I flew out to Vegas again for the national hardware show, mm. um, a company called Ukiah, they make blue, they make, um, Bluetooth speaker system fire pits mm-hmm. that, um, the flames dance to the beat of the music. <laughs> and they brought us out there for, uh, they brought a, a bunch of barbecue influencers, me being one of them, um, out to Vegas to have a barbecue cook off. Uh-huh. And we, t- we, all of us talked ahead of time. We were literally like, I, I'm like, I don't care about winning. Do you No. Do you care about winning? No. They're like, we just want to try each other's fucking food. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made cider brine pulled pork. Um, Marco Sanchez, he's wood fire and whiskey. He did um, he did carne asada tacos that were fucking outrageous. They were so good. Mm. Um, Chef Tim Clowers, he did uh, pulled pork. So one of the one of the we we had honey sriracha baby back ribs. There were. Um, pork belly burn ends with a top with a little jalapeno slice, all kinds of stuff. Nice, dude. But we were just really excited just to try each other's food. And it was that trip that made me realize that I was the only dumb motherfucker that was still filming my shit on a phone. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I came home, went to Best Buy, and dropped $1,300 in one sitting. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, I bought myself a Sony ZV-1 camera, mm-hmm. a Rode shotgun microphone to attach to it, a tripod. Mm-hmm. I bought uh, a light ring. I bought some other stuff, and I just started freaking going crazy. And, um, and did you? At first, my audio was trash because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Now I'm a fucking veteran with this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask because you haven't had any formal training on like camera gear. or or even editing, right? You weren't, you didn't go to school for any of that stuff, right? Nope. So what I was doing at first was I was, I had an SD card reader for my laptop and I would bring it, I would bring it to my laptop. Then, um, from the, from my laptop, I would upload it to iCloud Mm -hmm. and then I'd pull it down on my phone and edit on my phone. Mm. And I'd splice all the clips together. And I use, I use an application called splice. I still do. Um, now, as it sits right now, I have the Sony ZV-1 camera yep. on a blogging tripod that has that Bluetooths to the camera that has all the camera controls on the tripod. Yep. Um, it now has a wide-angle lens and a macro lens on it. Mm-hmm. Wireless road, um, wireless road microphones mm-hmm. that um, you can wear as lavalier mics. I have. Two um, 148 LED light panel um, light cans with the bar- with the barn doors on them. Yep. Um, I have I have uh, a DJI drone. I have a DJI smartphone gimbal. I have light rings all over the house for <laughs> live streams, content, whatever. Um, I just recently bought a, um, and I haven't even released any of the pictures yet because I'm waiting for the videos to come up, but I just bought a, uh, a Canon EOS rebel T seven DSLR camera uh-huh. that I have a, a regular lens, a telephoto lens and a macro lens for that camera. Plus the, um, the, um, adjustable flash, um, yep. everything. I have tripods all over the house. I have, <laughs> I mean, you, it's, you know, I, when I started off, I had one knife. Now I'm sponsored by Dale Strong and I'm looking at a wall with over 30 knives on it. Dude, I, um, I'm sponsored by Dale Strong as well. So yeah, I have a whole drawer full of awesome Dale Strong knives. I think it's just, dude, you're the, not the first guy that I've talked to that has done the cooking and done the social media thing. And it's fascinating to me um, how quickly um, a lot of cooks and a lot of chefs uh, have to become filmmakers and they really have to learn quickly. They have to learn quickly all the tech gear and all the technology. Um, it's, it's wild. The world that, because now chefs are as big as like movie stars. Like you go down sunset strip and you'll see a fucking billboard with Vin Diesel on it. And then you'll see a billboard mm-hmm. with a fucking chef on it. And you're just like, yep. it's at the same fucking level. And the blending of that. Is fascinating, and I think what makes it more difficult for chefs is that you also got to be a good cook. You have to have like a whole other arsenal of understanding and uh, skill to be a fucking cook that can make food and do it well, and then also plate food so that the food looks good on a plate. So presentation is a big deal, and then at the end of the day, you're also teaching yourself how to be a fucking filmmaker, and you're teaching yourself yep. how to do that shit. It's fucking wild, dude. I actually just counted 49 Dow strong pieces between <laughs> yes. knives, 
cutting boards, aprons, hats, shirts, cookware. And that doesn't count. Um, you know, Dow Strong makes silverware, right? Like flat, flatware sets. Yeah, dude. I've shot, dude, by the way, I've shot all their commercial stuff. So like all like the super slow motion stuff, that was me. I did all the directing for all that crap for them. So, Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Because, oh, wait, I have the steak knives too. Oh, and the plating tweezers. Okay. It, it, well over 50. <laughs> um, but uh, I also have this, the, my, my main silverware in my kitchen is I have, I have uh, the Dow Strong silverware and I have a setting for 12. Yeah, so super cool. You know, they just sponsored a fucking NASCAR. Yeah, Jeffrey Earnhardt. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 very good friends with like their their social media people and um I talk with them on a regular basis. Matter of fact, I got to call them today cuz they it's so funny too that we're talking about this. Their their sponsorship payment just came through this morning. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, nice, dude. Yeah, no, they're great. They I've known them for years. I've done I did uh, two or three commercial spots for them, and uh, then they, you know, they were sponsoring the show for a little bit, and all sorts of stuff. They're they're good folks. Dale Strong's really great. Yep. Yeah, yep. Fun to work. And for. they they do they do a lot for the community too. Um, I believe it was the beginning of this year. Um, Dale Strong sent me about seventeen hundred dollars in their Avalon Series cookware, uh-huh. and I. Um, donated it to my local fire station nice so that was really cool um i, I got a bunch of stuff from the one side one socket fire department like i have their work shirt i have their their pullover like zip up jacket i have everything nice dude um the only thing i was instructed to do is um i can't wear it if i'm going to be out drinking yeah <laughs> <laughs> I- so um I don't really wear that stuff that often. So, I mean, in the, in the fall, I usually, I, I, because it's, it's like a really nice windbreaker jacket that they gave me. So I wear that in the fall. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. But I'm sponsored by Hexclad. Uh, so I still, I still do work with studio Ramsey. Nice. Um, nice. Very nice. So Hexclad, um, I have pretty much every pot and pan that they sell. Um, they're stainless steel mixing bowls. If you have not got them, they're vacuum sealed. They're fucking amazing. Wow. Okay. Uh, they have rubber bottoms so they don't slip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have their their um, their knife set. They have the the knife set with the green handles. Um, you can tell that they're made by the same people that make Dow Strong knives. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's just you know it, it, the the literally down to the plastic wrap on the outside of the package. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's they're don't get don't get me wrong, they're great knives. You know what I mean? Like I I do like them, um, but I only use them for hex clad videos. So they sit in a drawer uh, until I need them. Um, <laughs> well, it's but I mean over time, I mean I have so many people that have sent me all kinds of crazy cooking gadgets and cookware. And, you know, I have, um, I don't have an exclusivity when it comes to knives with Dow strong. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to use the hex clad ones, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like everyone wants to send me knives. Well, do- every blacksmith and their, and the blacksmith's mother wants to send me knives. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. Yeah. Like, it, like so- the advertising world has changed so much because of influencers. And when you look, yep. when you look at, 
being a guy that spent years directing commercials and dealing with these folks, they have a huge budget every year. Most of these companies has a budget that's put aside to do advertising. And when a lot of the influencers started, I'm always telling influencers, get fucking money, dude. Get money from these guys because exactly. because uh, inventory, who gives a fuck? They have rooms and rooms full of fucking inventory that they'll give out. And so if you're doing advertising for a company just for free product, that company's making out tenfold because they, they're not even spending their advertising budget at that point. And they're probably selling more knives because of your videos than they will doing an ad on television. So yep. like I, I, I tell influencers this all the time, get fucking money for that because you're essentially doing their job for them for free. Yep. I'll talk with, uh, do you know, um, you know, Matt Grok, Grok Boys Barbecue? I don't know. Oh, you need to follow him. All right. I will. Um, him and I talk on the regular, uh, you know, we're taught, we talk about like upcoming deals or, you know, companies that we're taught or we're, we're in talks with and stuff like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> We we talk about it to each other because we know we can trust each other not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and talk about brand deals that I'm working on currently. But um, no, but it's nice to, it's know, nice we, to have a fellow peer that you can be honest with, especially if it's someone else that's working in the same world and, and to a certain extent could be considered competition for you. It's nice to be able to sort of share that stuff and go like, here's how much I'm making, how much are you making, what's going on because. It, exactly. it gives you the upper hand so that the companies aren't lying to you about it, going like, well, we only gave so-and-so a stack of knives, and they did all this shit, and you're just like, did they fucking really? That seems like a hell of a lot of work just for a, for a handful of knives. Like, how much do those knives cost? Like, 140 bucks a piece? You know how much it should cost you for an advertising? You know, So you, you have to be smart yep. and do the math about that shit. 100%. Exactly. I mean, you think about, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get into, you know, Dow Strong's cost versus retail, mm-hmm. you know, or even Hexclad too. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that like they're just, you know, they, they just give this stuff away to people like me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they can give it away because they're only they're only paying for the cost of it. It's that they're not worried about the retail price. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. no. you know, put it this way. Put it this way. Okay. Dyson makes vacuums mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. let's take the remember the dyson ball vacuum yes yes okay yeah the dyson ball vacuum retailed for what four hundred dollars four hundred and fifty dollars something like that yeah yep yeah. you know how much it costs to make a dyson ball vacuum mm-hmm. 17 dollars. of course those fuckers <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah dude but you start talking like that, and this is the gear world that we're in. This is why on the show, those listening, I haven't forgot about you, audience. I'll address you. Uh, those listening, I'm always talking about don't become slaves to the equipment. Don't become slaves to the gear. And I've had guests on the show that are dudes that make this equipment and make this stuff, and uh, they've been up front with me. Uh, for, for a lot of the companies a lot of the shady companies, I have to be careful how I say this, a lot of the shady companies out there that make camera equipment, it's it's trash gear. It's really shitty gear that they know is not going to last a long period of time. They're doing that kind of upscale as far as the pricing is concerned. And then they're just buying Lamborghinis. 
So like you sort of hit a point yeah. where a company's like, hey, we'll send you some free stuff if you put it in all your videos and stuff. And you're like, I'm just buying you another Lamborghini. And dude, you work very fucking hard. Like the stuff that you're doing isn't easy. You have to cook a fu- nope. you have to cook a fucking meal. You have to be a personality. You're you're fine tuning your personality to see what reacts best for views, and then you have to shoot it. You have to film it. You got to fucking edit it. You got to put the whole goddamn thing together. Like, how long does it take you to put a whole to put a single post together? Uh, it'll. I mean, from you mean from filming to editing to yeah, like conception, posting? conception to post. Um, normally, I'll come up with an idea, and then pretty much whatever whatever the normal cook time would be for a recipe, add an hour. Yep. Because now it's stop, go, stop, go. Because now I'm, you know, it's we're filming it, right? So, and then. Especially if it's if it's a meal with a lot of ingredients, now I'm prepping everything and getting it into bowls so I can just get on camera and easily just go bang, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and make the filming part go a little quicker. And oh, hi Tinkerbell, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it's my, it's my uh, no, I have a Bradford Exchange clock that um, tink- it's a Bradford Exchange Disney cuckoo clock, and um, Tinkerbell's the cuckoo bird, and she comes out and it does like a. Sounds cute. And then she goes back. Sounds cute. Sounds really cute. I'm a Disney nut. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, it takes a while, especially if I'm doing a brisket. You know, I mean, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, dude. You're, you're, wait, you're going for the entire ride with that brisket. Yeah. And then from there, so now, like, I remember, I, you remember, I told you I would, I would put it, I would put it into the cloud, bring it down from the cloud, put it on my phone, this and that. Now I've streamlined everything. I have an SD card reader that plugs into the bottom of my iPad Pro, mm-hmm. and I transfer the files to my iPad Pro, and then I plug in an external hard drive mm-hmm. into my. Um, it's a solid state drive that I plug into the bottom of my iPad, mm-hmm. and I transfer all the raw footage to my external hard drive, mm-hmm. and then it waits its turn to be posted because I bank videos. So like I'll film something today. You won't see it for two weeks. Yeah. 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 I do that with the show. Too. So I always have just in case if, if I, if I leave somewhere, if I'm filming and posting the same day when I leave somewhere now, what do I do? Right. 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 So I have a bank of videos that are just waiting. I have probably I don't know, 20 recipes sitting in that, sitting in that hard drive right now. Nice. I have probably 60 of the Barsis drink videos sitting in there right now. Oh, wow. You're, you're um, well ahead. You've got a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff that's, you know, I mean, granted, it's, when they're sponsored videos, sometimes those move up in front of others because they need to be posted. But yeah. um, like, uh, I think, uh, what's today? Monday, Wednesday, I'm doing, um, I'm doing a hex clad sponsored video and I'm going to make eggplant parm. Nice. But, uh, but basically what I do is I take my SD card out of the out of my camera, put it in the iPad, transfer the files, transfer the files to the thing, and then every morning I open up my iPad, I go, I plug in my hard drive, I pick out the videos that I want to do, transfer them back to the iPad, and then just do my editing for the and I'll I'll do my editing for the entire day, first thing in the morning. Yeah. And then you know, throughout the day I post. I, 
So it sounds it sounds like you've got a system that's working for you. Let me blow your fucking mind a little bit. I just got hired to shoot um, a series of uh, commercials for Bose, so the headphone people. And so yep. they had me go out. To- I need an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, we worked with influencers. We had a bunch of influencers. I'll, I'll take I'll take some Bose headphones. Yeah, dude. Um, so they flew me out. Or I drove out to Comic Con, and we were doing this thing for House of Dragon. So the new uh, HBO series is coming out, and they basically built sort of like it's essentially like a haunted house. And so I had to go through and shoot this content and edit all this content um, to literally be released the next day. So it was like that kind of fast fucking turnaround. And Jesus. it was nuts, dude. And I hate those. They said to us, you guys got to shoot with phones. So we had to shoot with iPhones, which I'm sitting in a room full of fucking like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear. Now I have to go fucking buy iPhones. And I'm like, okay. So um, this is really great. And this isn't a sponsor, read everybody, but there is a really great new thing that uh, this company called Frame.io is doing right now. Frame.io is yep. now owned by Adobe. So with the phones, and they're doing this for cameras now. So with the phone, I was able to set it up where while I filmed, as soon as I pushed stop on the filming, it would up- it, transferring. it uploads it immediately. So it uploads yep. it to Frame.io, which then is imported directly into my edit system, or it's on whatever sort of edit platform you want. Um, it's so it was super fucking fast. So not only while we were shooting on location, but then day two, I was in the edit room with my shooters out there and I just call them on the phone and go, go shoot some more dragon eggs. And they would go in the room, shoot it in three minutes later, it would be uploaded into my edit system. You may want to look into something like that because it'll save you from having to do the cards and transferring the cards. Cause I know they make little attachments for the back of whatever camera you're using. So as long as you've got decent Wi-Fi. You can be shooting when you push stop, it's uploading it directly to whatever folder you have on your iPad. And so you literally <laughs> can go through the process of editing. It might save you a few hours if you do that. My problem is, is I did this before. Um, I was using, so both my cameras have Wi Fi built into them. Yep. And it, I can have it sent wherever the hell I want immediately. Same thing, immediately as soon as it's done. Mm-hmm. And my problem was, is I was losing files in the transfer. Wow. That's lame. So I'm, I'm more partial to a physical hands-on transfer versus over the air. No, I Um, totally, because the other thing too, uh, the other thing too, that I know is when you do that, you lose quality. Yeah. Yeah. There's a level of, so I don't want to over. There is a level of loss in there. There is, but I don't want to oversell it. These guys do a really good job with it. So what they do essentially is on your hard drive itself, it'll it'll like let's say you shot 4K. So like if you shot something in 4K, it'll I actually do shoot 4K. It'll <laughs> it'll store it 4K for you. So it stores it on your card 4K, but then it also down converts it to 1080. Uh, 422, like high quality H.264. And that's the file that gets sent. So when I was doing the work for Bose, I knew at the end of the day, it didn't matter. Like it didn't fucking matter if I shot a 4K or not. And they were like, 1080 is fine. So all that stuff that we were transferring uh, wirelessly was still high quality, perfect quality. And you watch the piece, no one knows the fucking difference. And so 
I I get it. Some of those some of the older cameras that had that transfer stuff were a little bit wonky. The thing I liked about this company, and I don't want to say their name again because I'm not getting paid for it, but the thing I like about this company is that it's redundancy. So like it's actually still storing everything on your card and it's sending it to you there. So at the end of the day, both of it's happening. So like if yeah. if you look at the stuff that gets sent to you and you go, why am I missing a couple clips? You just grab the card and you go, all oh, right, this clip and this clip. But for like no lie, and I'm doing it at fucking Comic Con, where the wireless uh, fucking uh, is terrible because everybody's on their shit, and I still was able to do it and deliver and, and bang it out. So it's pretty. This is a new thing that just that's just coming out. That's pretty fucking amazing, and they're doing it on yeah. major productions right now, like big time productions where they're shooting TV shows, and at the same time while they're shooting that stuff's being uploaded to their post production office in London. And they're cutting yeah. in London. So it's pretty cool shit, dude. It's pretty rad. So now I'm on the other side of that spectrum, and I'm going to blow your mind now. Um, take, let's say uh, you turn on your camera, you shoot a video. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pull your SD card out and you put it into uh, your, your computer. Mm-hmm. When you save that file, every time you save that file, you're throwing pixels away. Every time. Yeah. Yes. To a certain extent. Yes. I can, I can blow that up a little bit for you, but yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So I try, I mean, granted, I know I'm, you know, I'm moving them back and forth, but the thing is, is I shoot in 4k because most social media platforms only upload in 1080. So already out of the gate, I'm blowing it out of the water. So even if I save it a bunch of times, I'm still going to, I could save it 80 times and I'm still going to be in 1080. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 What you're talking about, I'll get real nerdier with it to a certain extent. You're talking about compression. And so yes. like when you run out a clip, if you run out a clip and you compress it using a specific wrapper or, 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 or format. So let's say that you took your raw file and you were like, I'm going to compress this down for the internet, which is probably like H264 or something like that. As you go through that compression stage, um, you're getting a sense of compression. So you're losing the ability to mess with uh, a lot more detail in the shadows. Sometimes it gets a little crunchy in the shadows. The more times you compress that H.264, the more times it gets gross. And so it's always great that you're shooting at 4K and you're maintaining those 4K files because you can always go back to those 4K files and be able to adjust everything. And you're right, when you're downgrading from 4K down to 1080, it's compressing it, but it's also taking all that detail and cramming it into a smaller image so it feels crisper, it looks crisper when you post this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the, the other thing, uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, we'll, we'll, we'll move from, from uh, video to photo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why m- more, more than likely... Every professional photographer Mm -hmm. does not shoot in JPEG. They shoot in RAW because it's an uncompressed file. Um, Then, you know, when it comes to editing there, I mean, you can sit there and you'll, you'll have a lot more freedom to edit a RAW file than you will a JPEG file. Mm -hmm. Mainly because, I mean, it's, it's just, it's literally a RAW image. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And for those, so, oh, to interrupt you, for those listening that aren't photographers and don't know, what a raw camera does is it doesn't just, 
typically with, let's say you're using film or like you're using an old camera, that camera sets an exposure. So it sits there and says, okay, so the bright spot is this much and the, the shadow is this much, which one would you like to expose for? Would you like to expose for the middle of that? And that's what most automatic exposure cameras do, is they take a reading of like what the, the brightest spot is and what the darkest spot is, and they find a, a center somewhere, and then they take that shot. So when you take that shot, that's what gets stored, either in film or if you're shooting JPEG, onto digital ones and zeros. What RAW does is it goes, hey, this is the exposure that this person wants. We're also going to capture the exposure four or five stops above and four or five stops below. So it's capturing multiple exposures across the board. It's remembering the one that you want. So when you load it into your system, it looks like the one that you wanted to shoot. But let's say you fucked up. Then you're like, ah, man, it's a little dark. Well, don't worry. Raw captured the information in the shadow stuff for a certain exposure range, so you can pull that information out and you could change it. It's a much exactly. it's a much larger file that then you run you run out to a JPEG or you run out to a smaller file based upon that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too is, um, don't think you're you're going to shoot in raw and then just transfer it to your computer and post it. Yeah. You actually need programs that actually can read raw files and then you export to JPEG or you export to PDF or whatever, what have you. Yeah. Um, it's It's it did. It's, <laughs> it's funny that I'm like, talking, um, it's funny that I'm talking to a, a chef, a guy mm -hmm. that cooks about raw JPEG files. Obviously this is, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's this weird blend that this influencer culture has created now where it's like, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out, like, if I was going to go to you, go like, how long do I put that big ZD in the oven without it getting burnt? You could specifically tell me that. And I'd also go like, what file are you rendering your, your, your raw files out to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and matter of fact, two programs, and I'm not paid by them, two programs that, uh, that will handle raw files very well is Lightroom mm -hmm. and Adobe Photoshop. Oh, yeah, dude, I love Adobe Photoshop. Yeah, I use... I use all Adobe products consistently, dude. I'm cutting on uh, Premiere. I'm, I'm working in uh, Photoshop. Photoshop, I've been working with that program for over 20 years. I think I started on Photoshop on like version three or version four. And that program continues to be magical. It is like oh, yeah. the most magical fucking thing ever. And uh, you can create. Their one massive breakthrough was the content aware feature. Oh, my God, dude. Oh my God. It's nuts. It's nuts. For those of you who don't know, content aware, you can actually like say uh, you take a picture and there is a telephone pole, mm -hmm. you know, uh, on the side and you don't want it there. You can select it and the program will basically fill in the negative space where it was where with what it thinks will be behind it. You can effectively remove things. I can take a picture of me in front of my house mm -hmm. and remove me from the fucking picture. It's nuts, dude. That's why you- With literally like five clicks. You can't trust photographs. You cannot trust photographs these days because it's- it's Yeah. But between photos and- I can change my shirt. Oh, dude. <laughs> Dude, I mean, and you know what's even crazier is audio stuff now. Audio stuff is nuts. Like there's new AI out there right now where I could feed it. So I could, let's say um, 
let's say I wanted to have Obama on my podcast, okay? So there's this AI stuff where I just feed it a bunch of Obama interviews. I just give it to it, and it, it listens to him. It figures the whole thing out. Then I can literally open up a Word document and type out, you can deep fake it. Type out what I want Obama to say, and the AI will make it sound like him. So if I wanted to, I could have Obama on my podcast, and I could just yeah. get the AI and have him say whatever the fuck he wants to, whatever the fuck I want him to say. It's crazy now that you, oh, yeah. you can't, it's you the can't new, trust like, it. It's like deep, like deep fake AI. Yeah, it's absolutely. nuts, dude. And it's it's crazy. I mean, there's there's so many things that you can do nowadays. And I, that matter of fact, that that particular thing right there is what uh, Ramsey uses to do all of his voiceovers for his shows. Yeah, it's crazy. he doesn't say all that. Yeah, he just programs a freaking thing to say it for him. That's nuts, dude. It's crazy. Um, all right, where are we at? Uh, how are you doing on time? Are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, my, I'm, I'm so basically one of the things that I, I do like, so today's a series of three small cooks. Mm -hmm. Um, I film them all simultaneously. Oh, nice. It's smart. Yeah. Cause you get all the content and then you could just cut it smart, dude. That's what we do. Yep. So I get all my clips and then I just throw it on my iPad and I sort through footage and I sort them into folders. Nice. Done. Smart. Um, so today is, um, this I can talk about. It's another bacon wrap series. Oh, what are you doing? Um, I got the big giant carnival pretzels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wrap them in bacon and smoke them. Okay. Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, I bought, I bought, uh, frozen mac and cheese bites out of the freezer aisle at the grocery store. And I'm going to wrap them in bacon and smoke them. <laughs> and then the, the, the big kahuna that's going to come from today. Uh-huh. I took, I went, I, I took some ground beef and I made a half pound patty. Uh -huh. I'm going to do a bacon weave and wrap it in bacon. Then I'm going to take um, a yellow onion uh -huh. and I'm going to slice it so it's in rings. I'm going to wrap the rings in bacon and then I'm going to smoke all of it, cook it. And then I'm going to top the burger with the bacon wrapped onion rings. Ugh. And then I'm going to... And then I'm going to smother it in cheese whiz. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> yep. Oh my god, my doctor is calling me right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, trust me, my, my, my right now, my my freaking my gastroenterologist is probably like, I feel a disturbance in the force. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, I, I do a lot of cooking and smoking and and do all that shit just because. It's what I do to fill my time when I'm not directing. Whenever I make a meal, I always feel like I'm making a mini movie. And people have heard me say this on the show multiple times, but I love doing it. I have a lot of fun doing it. I've been smoking for a while, but I do too much of it. <laughs> my fucking cholesterol's through the roof right now. And uh, I- yep, You got to be careful with that. So yeah. um, matter of fact, I actually posted this yesterday on Facebook. Um, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me is off camera, most of my diet is plant-based. Uh -huh. um, I believe it. So there, there has to be a balance somewhere because if you think, uh, if you, if you go and you look at any of the, you know, the content creators that are chefs that are on social media and you watch what they cook, it is a, if you, if you thought that that's all that they ate, that would be a, a hilariously unsustainable diet, yeah. <laughs> yes. right? Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm cooking Japanese A5 Wagyu fillets and I'm topping them with truffle and caviar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't you think I might want a fucking baked potato with it? Yeah. But I mean, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's crazy that people think that like, this is all we eat. Like, bro, I still eat Kraft Mac and cheese out of the box. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, like, um, I still eat ramen. Like there's a lot of different things that I still do that people would, you know, they just, they just think, Oh, he just must eat gourmet all the time. Um, now it's work. It's work at that point. It is work. And I mean, it's like, I have, I have acid reflux. Me too. I have high blood pressure. I have cholesterol problems. Yeah. Um, I have gastro issues. Yeah. You know, there has to be an even keel. Like what, for instance, one of my favorite snacks ever is cucumbers with red wine vinegar and a little bit of Himalayan salt on top. Oh, I love that. One of my favorite snacks on the planet. Yeah. Um, and I've been eating that since I was a little kid. Um, yeah, dude. You know, it's it's little things like that. Like, I, in the, you know, in the middle of the day, I'm hungry. I'll have a salad, you know? <laughs> um, and it's not with, like, something fattening like ranch or Italian dressing or, you know. One of my favorite things that I love to put on salad is um, uh, the hibachi ginger dressing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I know it. Because, you know, it's it's not too fattening. It does have a little oil in it, but it's not like crazy fat. Not like, I, you know, I'm not I'm not drowning lettuce in Thousand Island here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> granted, every once in a while I do, but because I love Thousand Island. Yep. Um, you know, like we th- th- like what I like to tell people, this is not all we eat. You know, like there are. Oh my God. I like, I love vegetables. I love vegetables. Just dude. Grilled zucchini is God tier level shit. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I go, dude, I completely agree with it. Like I started to, by the way, by the way, especially with my fucking rubs on yeah. it. Um, <laughs> there is the plug. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you, man. Like I've been doing a whole lot of charred vegetables these days and it's a fucking blast. Like I, I think I've talked about it on the show. I do this bit, I read about it somewhere. I do this bit where I'll take cabbage and um, actually just coat it with some salt and then bury it in hot coals. And so, like, you actually cover the the cabbage itself in hot coals. You let it sit in there. Uh, I think it's like 40 minutes later, you pull it out. It looks like a fucking calcified, like, Indiana Jones dinosaur egg when you pull the fucking thing out. And you actually peel off uh, two or three layers of, uh, the leaves. And it's like almost like a blooming onion. It's just so beautifully yep. done. It's tasty and you get the char, you get the bitterness. Fucking great. You dip that into some Greek yogurt. You're good to go. It's the shit. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of one of my favorite, Oh, one of my favorite things to do is so I'm, I'm a big squash guy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things to do is I'll do, I'll slice up, uh, just like make like round slices of zucchini and summer squash Mm -hmm. and, uh, normally like a Vidalia onion Mm -hmm. and I'll slice it. Um, I'll slice it all up. I'll throw it in a pan with a little bit of olive oil, some salt, pepper, and garlic powder Mm -hmm. and just saute it and just eat that. I, there hits a point where my body just craves fucking vegetables where, where you're just like, Dude, all I need right now oh is a God. fucking salad. All I need right now is like some green, be- let me get some green beans and a fucking hummus and let me just pound that because I, that's what I fucking need right now. Yeah. yeah. There, there are times, as a matter of fact, when I go down to Miami and I visit my business partner down there in Aventura, um, we, I mean, we'll do 11 red meat cooks in one day, <laughs> right? Yeah. And the next day, 
I literally, I look at him. I'm like, if you don't take me to go get a salad, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Well, <laughs> if you show me one more steak, I'm going to shove it up your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and dude, I'm right there with you, man. I'm known for barbecuing. I'm known for doing that stuff, but I'm also known for my bar safaris and beer drinking. And so anytime I get new clients, anytime I'm like pitching a movie deal or anything, all of the producers, all the clients are like, let's go on a bar safari. Let's go out drinking. And so there hits a point where I think in July, I was doing that every fucking week. There just like hits a point where your body's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm swimming in acid reflux. I need, I need a fucking break. Um, yeah, it's nuts. I'm about to do next week. I'm going on my buddy's bachelor party. And going to this house in upstate New York with five pit masters, one James Beard level chef and something else. And right now, everybody's ready to like pull out their big dick and, and see who's going to cook the best shit. I'm going to be miserable <laughs> at the back end of that. It's going to be like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You ever eat so much barbecue, you give yourself the shits for a week? Because oh, I have. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, and then you're trying to move around, and your fucking ass cheeks are chafing, <laughs> dude. I'm 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 pounding famotidine every day just to keep my fucking like uh, volcanic uh, gut from exploding into my throat. <laughs> are you Are you kidding me, dude? I, I, it, at this point, I think I, I I'm pretty sure I should just buy stock in Preparation H. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wonder this because I loved Anthony Bourdain. I loved him. I loved his shows. I loved the shit that he would put out and uh, i always thought he was going to die from some sort of gastro issue I, I i would just look at him and go like dude are you fucking miserable you must be miserable with all the food that you're consistently ingesting and not to mention yeah not to mention when he was doing the fucking crazy shit and he was eating all the wacky shit on the road i was like man his gut must be the worst because of all that and the booze yep. you know it's dude I, I tell everyone, dude, the, everything in moderation, roughage helps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, have like eat a fucking apple. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like you can't, you, dude, it's you watch what people cook on social media. It, like I said before, it is a hilariously uns, unsustainable diet. Everything's about balance. You cannot sit there and just eat straight fucking meat. Yeah. Every day, in and out. Like, it, it, think about it. If 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 I did solely what I do on social media, I'd probably be dead already. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, with uh, think about think about the high fat content that Wagyu has. Oh my god! And now think about the fact that I can do eleven Wagyu cooks in one day, dude. Yeah. You think I'm going to eat eleven A five Wagyu steaks in a day? No. You know what happens to those steaks? I usually eat two or three bites out of them, put them in a container and call my friends. Yeah. 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 It's like, Hey, you want to eat a $500 steak? Come on over. (laughs) You want the cholesterol? I got it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the hookup guy. It's funny. I, I I have a, I even have a guy guy. It's a guy that gets me guys. Um, (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) It's funny talking to you about this because it's, it's like when I have porn stars on the episode, it's the same thing. Where it's like, do you think I'm, I'm fucking banging out threesomes every day? It's like, no, 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 no. I it, this for, It's for the show. And when you see this stuff posted on Instagram and it's tagged food porn, that's essentially what it is. I mean, you're creating the most extreme version 
of, uh, of, of a meal that's going to get an incredible reaction from folks. And that's exactly because that, I mean, for instance, like, okay, even with the Dow strong knives, okay. Yep. Um, on my social media channels, the reason why I keep consistently going viral and I keep gaining is because I aim for shock value. Yeah. Everything I do is shock value. Yeah. So like, for instance, <coughs> I don't have a single boring looking knife that's made by Dalstrong. Mm-hmm. I will not buy their gladiator series. Mm-hmm. D- sorry. Sorry. Hold on. Wait a minute. I don't buy them, but I won't get their gladiator series. Right. Because they're yeah. just boring ass knives. Now on the other end of that spectrum, I do have two gladiator series knives. One of them is in the, sh- in, is in the shape of a hatchet. Yes. I've seen this one. <laughs> and the, I have it. I love it. Um, and the other one, is in the shape. It's a knife that is in the shape of a grilling spatula. <laughs> I have things for a reason. Trust when I say people, every single thing I do on camera makes me money. Yep. Now, <clears throat> um, one thing we haven't touched on mm-hmm. is the cocktails. Okay. All right. Let's touch on it. So, Barsis is a company, B-A-R-S-Y-S, okay. is a company that makes a drink coaster that you plug into the wall, mm-hmm. it Bluetooths to your phone, and tells you when to stop pouring ingredients. What? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen these videos? No. Hold on. Oh, my God. I do 15 of them a month. How have you not seen I them? I have a, a, um, All right. I got to look. They are the right now the currently the most viral videos that I post. Wild. Um, so, basically, it started off with me working with CW Spirits, which is an online liquor store. And they also have a storefront, too. Uh-huh. Um, and they periodically send me these weird liquors for me to try on camera. And I get commissions based off of whatever I sell. I'm just, I really, I'm really not in it for the freaking the commissions. I'm in it to get weird liquor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the ones they sent me is it's a, it's a vodka called my big pickle and it it's dill pickle vodka. Oh, weird. And it tastes exactly like a fucking dill pickle. It's a, and so is it like I can a, only imagine the Bloody Mary it's going to make. Is it like a pickleback kind of thing? Is it just like brine? No, it's literally a vo- dude. Oh my god, you just gave me an idea. Yeah. Doing a pickleback, but doing it with the my big pickle vodka, and then shooting down Jameson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a oh my god, double double. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be disgusting. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's. So basically what it does is it Bluetooths to your phone. So basically you take the app and you in, you input um, through pre-selected things, everything that you have in your house. So mixers, liquors, fucking hot sauce, apple cider, whatever, egg whites even in there. If you wanted to make like legit uh, whiskey sours and the like. Uh Um, so what you do is you put you input everything you have, and then it spits out a list of drinks that you can make right now. Um, you can even search by ingredient. You can search by name of all the different you know cocktails that you can make with this thing. You can even input your own custom cocktails, and it will dispense them for you. Wow! So basically, what it does is it's like, okay, well, it's uh, let's do a sex on the beach. Sex on the beach is vodka, peach tree, orange, and cranberry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll tell you, okay pour vodka so you pour vodka and it will turn the the 
coaster will turn blue while you're while you're pouring and then turns green for you to stop. Okay, now do peach tree. You pour it until it turns green, then orange, then crayon, right? Huh. And it makes you consistently pour the perfect drink every time. Now, so is it working off of weight? Is that is it is it just a glorified scale? Like how the fuck is it? It's a weight scale. Okay. Yep. Okay, okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then it's telling you like you have to follow like a, a certain order of operation. So it's like do the orange juice and it's like, okay, so it should be this much weight of orange juice. And then it's do the vodka and then it goes, okay. So like if you swap those two ingredients, you'd fuck the drink up. It's all about weight at that point. Yes. And you would never know. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I gotcha. And I'm seeing, I see your videos. I have seen these. I know what it is you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super cool. So, um, it's, it's neat. So this, this, that company sponsors me as well. Um, nice. because of them, I now have, uh, there's a corner bar in my kitchen that I'm sitting next to right now that has all halo lighting. I deck the whole thing out. <laughs> um, nice. it has over a hundred bottles in it right now because over time it just, you know, my liquor cabinet used to fit above the stove in the cabinets above the stove. Yep. N- then it migrated to the corner cabinet past my fridge, which is probably roughly about the, the height of me. Uh-huh. And then next thing I knew I was running out of room in there and the bottles were coming across the floor. <laughs> and then we bought a mini bar, which holds, a, which holds a hundred bottles and the liquor was then coming across the floor. <laughs> so I now have two of these bars and one's in the basement and the basement has all the overflow. Um, Jesus. <laughs> when I tell you, I probably have over 200 liquor bottles in this house. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, a lot of them, I will say a lot of them are backups. So what I do is I only keep seven fifties upstairs and all the handles, all the handle size backups are downstairs. Um, <laughs> Wow, dude. Oh, my God. Hold on. Yep. Okay. Just started randomly pouring outside here. Um, But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, my liquor collection grew over time because, I mean, dude, when I was going to the liquor store, I would go probably every other week and I could not spend less than $100. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the liquor collection just grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, and now I make these videos like tonight, one of my buddies is coming over and I have about nine cocktails that are ready to go. Nice dude. So as soon as he comes over, we're just, I'm going to set up my bar rig and just start smashing out videos. (laughs) Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get too into detail with how these videos are made because I don't want to ruin the magic for people. Yeah, Yeah. But, um, a lot of things like, so you ever, if you've ever seen the videos, I always start off with, this is welcome to another episode of whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're usually like some ridiculous saying, or I'm quoting movies or I'm quoting TV shows. Um, we did one that the, the drink was called the golden friendship. The whole video was friends themed. And I even played the theme music in the background. (laughs) Um, like we like dumb shit like that. Like, um, for October, I just went to Michael's because Michael's already has their Halloween shit out. Yep. And I bought freaking beakers, test tubes, vials, potion bottles, <laughs> like all kinds of like weird random glassware. 
that I'm going to pour these drinks into and just make these fucking ridiculous drinks. And it's all going to be like spooky. And I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating wearing different costumes while I'm doing them and stuff like that. But it's, it's going to be fun. It sounds like you have fun making this stuff. Do you genuinely have fun doing all these videos? Oh my God. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think about it, you know what, you know what they say? If you, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Exactly. And it's this, I mean, I never, if you told me five years ago that this is what I'd be doing today, I would punch you in the throat. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't play with my fucking emotions like that, you prick. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd drop kick you in your throat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, look, look, look. I, I've well gone beyond the point of return here. I, I, I could talk to you for another two hours. And honestly, if you'll stick around, I want to do like a little segment thing after this, if we can. Yeah. Um, but I got to wrap this episode up, dude. It's been a fucking pleasure, Gary, talking with you, dude. You seem like a really cool dude to hang out with. Thank you, man. You do too. Yeah, man. It's been a blast chatting with you on the show. Um, is uh, Do you want to plug your stuff? Like, uh, where can people find your stuff? where can people watch it okay so uh, i for those of you who don't know i'm gary the barbecue chef on social media mm-hmm. um on facebook i'm gary marandola um i also do have a gary the barbecue chef page there but i don't really i don't really touch on it that much um i do have a link in my bio you guys can check out um i have my own apparel line i have my own dry rub smoked salt and hot sauce lines as well nice um, it's called Meat So Horny, M-E-A-T, So Horny. <laughs> it's a classy. That's right. So yeah, a, you motherfucker, very, you like that shit, don't very you? Very classy uh, line of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Meat So Horny, and our all-purpose rub is called Rub Your Chub. Uh, Get you some of that. Uh, classy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Listen. If we were classy, we wouldn't be barbecue chefs, bro. That's right. It's too. It's, it's you very think true. about it. You think about it like this: elegant plating. No, that's not barbecue. That's right. You want to have real barbecue? That's where everyone eats off one fucking cutting board. Get it right. Yes, sir. So, um, that's what I do for breakfast when people when, when people come over. But um, so the hot sauce line is called Worth a Squirt Hot Sauce. Mm-hmm. So when you put them together, you rub your meat then squirt. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> My business cards say that. You know this? Like, it's fucking, what? So, my business cards legitimately say, rub your meat, then squirt. Um, we're, we're trying to get into local retailers. We have a few already. Uh, they're across the country. One's in Canada. We just shipped a, almost an entire pallet of uh, product out to the UK. Um, nice. we're, we're slowly making our way. We're in talks with a couple different companies that are big uh, grocery chains and stuff like that. But um, Cool. Right now, we're pretty much just focusing on. We're on Amazon. Uh, we are on Amazon, but only the rubs are on Amazon right now. Um, the website for the rubs is meatsohorny.com, M E A T sohorny.com. <laughs> and where the squirt hot sauces, while not available yet because they're in the, pro- we just bought the company a few weeks ago and we're in the process of rebranding it. Um, but those will be available on the website as well. Cool. The smoked salts are unbelievable. They are smoked, they're, uh, Hickory cold smoked uh, Mediterranean sea salts, and they're used as a finishing salt. So you, after you're done cooking your steak, you would sprinkle that across the top. We have an original one. We have garlic infused, and then we have what's fucking wild as shit. It is a bacon infused smoked Mediterranean sea salt. It's stupid, stupid good, Uh, especially on water. Sounds awesome, dude. Sounds really good. 
I have a merchandise and apparel line. It's mostly apparel. I do have stickers as well up there. That is uh, GaryTheBarbecueChef.net. It is also in the link in my bio as well. And all of the companies that do sponsor my channel, please give them some love in the link in my bio as well. Um, yeah, man. You know, shout out to Dal Strong, Barsis, um, Hexclad, Blazing Star Barbecue. Um, Camp Chef pro- provides a lot of my um, my uh, barbecue fuel and most of my grills. Um, Birch Barrel also provides me with a bunch of stuff. Birch Barrel, B-U-R-C-H Barrel. Um, it's definitely the, the coolest freaking charcoal grill I've ever used. Um, and I'm working with a couple other companies, but we're not going to say those yet. So, <laughs> well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah, man. I'm so happy that you're doing well. And it sounds like you're, uh, you're, you're, you really, you found your lane and you're making the most out of it. And it's fucking great, dude. So it's just, you know, and it's funny too, because I actually have problems with speech and let me tell you something with the, with the short form content, it makes it so much easier. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I actually didn't touch on is um, what a lot of people, matter of fact, probably about you all 2.4 million of my followers do not know is that I have Asperger's syndrome, which is on the autism spectrum. No, no kidding. Um, naturally, if it, it, you could probably guess that I'm the louder side of that, <laughs> um, the louder, more outspoken and zero filter. Um, you know, if you've ever seen a drink where I'm shaking, if you've ever seen a drink video where I'm shaking the drink and I say Michael J. Fox it. Yeah, there really isn't a filter here. And my <laughs> wife has to be the, the, the voice of conscience from the other room. Like, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> okay, thanks, babe. <laughs> you know, you know, there are a lot of things that, especially every day, every day when you're on social media, you walk on eggshells. Yeah, I feel the because same way, dude. So there, there, there has been so much censor- censorship with uh, content on social media because these companies are just afraid of offending fucking anybody. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now, my Instagram's down right now because someone reported a comment, and it was a comment from a fucking year ago. So unreal. Yeah, no. Lord only knows if I'll even get it back. So we'll see. I have to call my agent after I get off here. Ugh, ugh. But it lame. Anyway, I don't want to get too deep into that stuff. I think we should wrap this up. Oh, I have a couple other things I want to plug. What's up? <laughs> I totally forgot. Uh, so, um, ne- uh, shit, is it next week? Actually, it's next week, August eight, uh, August nineteenth through the twenty first. I will be at Colorado Springs Comic Con. One of their celebrity guests, me and my buddy Jacoby Ray, will be there. Nice, uh, hanging out with all the comics, toys, pop culture, all that stuff. Uh, September seventeenth, me and Jacoby hit the road, and we go to the first stop on our Live Without Guidelines comedy tour. Our first stop is Cats Cats Sugar Inn in Sugar Creek, Missouri. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an awesome show. Both of us are going to be on stage doing, you know, live comedy, all kinds of stuff. We're going to be doing meet and greets, whatever, what have you, taking pictures with people. Um, nice. And going forward from that, we also have um, September 1st through the 5th. We're going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana at the NHRA Drag Races as the influencers for that show. Nice. And then uh, that's September 1st through the 5th. And then November 4th through the 6th, we will be at Rhode Island Comic Con doing the same thing we are at Colorado Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Busy man, dude. Busy man. Um, oh, my God. It does not stop. Well, Gary, thanks for being on the show, my friend. Thank you. It's been a blast.
there it is. I like Gary. He's fucking cool, man. He would have been one of my buddies back in Boston. You know, we would have been smoking, making videos, shooting stuff. He reminds me of my old buddy Lou back in the day when I used to do the uh, cooking show starting with Lewis prior to the uh, it, the social media accounts and all that kind of stuff. Man, if we had done that a little bit later, we probably would have made an ass load of money. Lou, if you listen to the show, you probably would have been on one of these big chef shows if we had done that later. It's crazy how successful this stuff could be. And um, I like this episode because we're really just sort of pulling the curtain, right? And I know when you guys watch this stuff, you must not assume that it's all real, right? Did I just blow it up for a lot of folks? Yeah, the stuff you see on social media is not real. These guys aren't eating this shit all the time, right? Who the fuck is going to be eating like mac and cheese stacked on a Wagyu like four inch fucking cheeseburger every day? I bet that he barely gets through it. He probably takes a bite of it. And he's like, okay, we're good. Moving on. But you notice this shit's very <laughs> like right now. If I pull up my Instagram feed, it would be let's take a look, right? Gina gives me shit for this all the time. So let's see what's going on. I go to my search feed and uh-huh, Gina's been on my phone. So there's a bunch of cat videos and cheeseburger, cheeseburger, uh, well-endowed lady, well-endowed lady, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, well-endowed lady, Wagyu beef. <laughs> it's all the same level of porn on these social media accounts. It's the stuff that triggers the biggest dopamine rush. And it's no surprise to me that Gary's successful because he's shocking. He's very shocking. The way he speaks is shocking. The way he yells at you is shocking. Um, it's That's what makes things successful on Instagram these days. And if you find that and you find your lane, then that leads to other successes. You know, him being on a reality TV show, him then going on to doing a bunch of appearances and all the sponsorships and everything else. Very smart, man. He's very smart. It's not a bad way to make a living, but don't think for a hot second that it's not a lot of work. And I know uh, a lot of us, when we watch influencers, we can judge them and just be like, what are you doing? Especially the filmmaking communities, like these fucking influencers and blah, 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 blah. It is still a lot of work. These people are like doing, running full productions practically every day and then doing the post-production themselves and then also doing the case studies themselves and then understanding the marketing themselves. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts when you think about it. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this one. I know we didn't talk recipes or anything. I, th I th just thought it was fun to just sort of blow it all up and get into it. Um, what's going on? So you've been hearing me talk about the bachelor party. I'm not mentioning whose bachelor party it is on the air just because I don't know if he wants me to do so. Um, but it's going to be nuts, man. We got smokers. So we've rented an Airbnb in upstate New York and a bunch of us are all going there. A bunch of pit masters, a bunch of chefs. We're all going to go to this place and uh, try to figure out how to impress each other with food. I'm curious. We haven't talked about it yet, but we have to sort of put together what our menus are going to be, or at least what we're going to try to cook, what our menu is going to be, what we're trying to cook more than anything else. I uh, have got a, I've got a gift certificate to like, uh, uh, like a game website. So like where you can go get all sorts of like interesting meats, different animals that you want to cook. And I'm looking at bison right now and I'm thinking maybe I want to do some smoked bison tomahawks because supposedly bison is a lot more tender 
and uh, it has a bit more flavor than a standard cow does. So I'm fascinated with all that stuff. Um, and then speaking of bison, I, I don't know how I, oh, I know how I made this reference. I just watched the new Predator movie last night, Prey. Have you guys seen this yet? Um, I know that this is a few weeks after the release of it. I thought it was great. I thought it was pretty good. Like, um, the uh, storytelling was fun. The uh, back to the roots, the aggressive, uh, very tight action stuff was fun. And I kept asking myself when I saw the trailers for it, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to have this, this alien that has like a a shoulder pack laser and uh, like all this technology fight uh, Native Americans uh, back in the early 1900s or whatever it was. Like, how the fuck is that going to happen? They, he's just going to show up and decimate them. Um, but they actually did a pretty good job. Spoilers. They did a pretty good job and, uh, you know, sort of backpedaled the technology on the Predator, but still made that, that uh, earlier technology interesting. I thought the shield that it had was pretty cool. Um, I kind of rolled my eyes at the laser guided bow and arrow stuff. It's like, all right, he's fighting people with bow and arrows and he's got his own bow and arrow thing. Um, and you know, some of the themes of the piece just felt a little played out, but I thought she was great. She's a great actress. I thought the cast, the supporting cast was really solid. Um, and I thought that the suspense was cool and I thought they did a good job with the predator itself. So in general, I think it's cool, man. I think it's a cool piece. I, if I had to rank them, I, obviously the first Predator is the most interesting because that was the first one I saw. And I also like, you know, McTiernan, you know, so it's very much a McTiernan movie. Uh, the second Predator is just all over the place. Weird fucking movie. Um, strange, though, from that time period. So it's kind of nostalgic when, like, <laughs> Hollywood thought that, like, dudes from Jamaica were actually doing voodoo and they were scary, you know. Um and then Danny Glover was a strange select for that. But it was fun. Weird movie, though. Um, and then um, Predators, with uh, the one that Rodriguez produced. Uh, that one was okay. Like, I liked the premise of that. You know, kidnapping a bunch of criminals and a bunch of killers and then dumping them on a planet and, and then hunting them. I thought that stuff was fun. I thought it got a little weird with what's-his-name from that 70s show playing the serial killer and all that stuff got a little weird. But um, I liked Adrian Brody in that. I thought he was cool. Um, and then uh, the one that Shane Black did was terrible, which didn't make any sense why that was so awful. But that one was terrible. And then this one. So if I had to order them, I'd say Arnold's. And I want to say that Predators would come second for me if it wasn't for that 70s shows guy, you know like his bad performance stuff in there because I thought the Yakuza guy was cool in that. There's a lot of cool stuff in that one. Um, and then this one. So this one probably beats that one out, you know? Um, but like I said, the themes in this one, they get a little old for me. Like the coming of age girl needs to prove to her tribe of like dudes that she can do what the guys do thing. It's, it's being as played out as like bodybuilders running through the woods with like chain guns. It's like the same level of played out, just two ended, two opposite ends of the spectrum. So um, I thought it was fun though. I thought it was a great movie in general. Uh, wild that it got released on Hulu. Weird. Whatever that sort of Disney acquisition of Fox was, 
that put that down on Hulu. And if I was that filmmaker, I'd be bummed. You know, I wish that, uh, and I get it. I was talking to Will about it. He was, you know, he's like, studios wouldn't let you do it. I wish that the movie was subtitled. And I know that you can watch it dubbed in Comanche, I think is what it is. Whatever the Native American language for that tribe is. Um, but uh, I'd rather have that dubbed, or not dubbed, subtitled. I thought that was cool. And I thought the mix of the French and not understanding what the French were saying, and that was interesting. I thought putting a guy that speaks both languages that ends up speaking English in the middle was a little weird. But uh, I'm a huge fan, obviously being a guy that made a movie in a language that I don't speak, the Russian one. I'm a big fan of the audience not knowing what people are physically saying and trying to read characters' thoughts and feelings based upon their physical performance. I think that's super cool and very enthralling, but it's dangerous, I guess, because studios are like, people don't want to read, you know, right? But weird, I don't get it, because now we have a bunch of shows on Netflix that are that are uh, created in other countries that are subtitled that are doing fucking killer. I mean, but maybe it's because everybody's watching the dub versions. I don't know. What do you, do you watch dub versions or do you watch subtitle versions? Which ones do you guys prefer? Send me some notes on Instagram. Let me know. If you, if there's a foreign film, if it's a, if it's an animation, right? You're watching a Japanese animation. Are you watching the dub version or are you watching the subtitled version? And even saying that out loud, I enjoy the dub version of Ghost in the Shell because I like the American actors that dub it and I buy it. But the subtitled version generally just has a better audio mix for things. You know, it's weird. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, saw it. It was fun. Liked it. Um, what else is going on? Uh, that's about it, really. I'm just slammed with uh, episodes. I've got two more episodes to record this week. This is my last week before I head over to the East Coast, so... I gotta get my hair cut this week. I gotta get I gotta get fitted for a fucking suit for the wedding. I have to. Uh, oh my god, I've got so much to fucking do. So I, I'm just gonna stop gabbing. I'm gonna get back to work. So thank you everybody for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting our show. Uh, thank you to all of the musicians that give us music on the show. I love all of you. Without all of you, I wouldn't have this gig, and uh, I enjoy this gig. If you can't tell. Uh, it helps keeps me satisfied while I'm waiting for all the other stuff to happen. So, um, anyway, thanks for listening. And as always, I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>